0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. When life gets hard, talking to someone can help. Whether it's venting, processing, or getting tools to deal with stress, visit betterhelp.com slash allies to lighten the load.
1: Hello. Welcome to the Easy Allies Podcast. I'm Daniel Bloodworth, coming to you from Los Angeles, California. And this week, we've got the man of the hour, Ben Moore. Hello. Michael Damiani. What's up? And it's Mitch, Mitch Salton from IGN.
2: Hello, hello. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Joining us for this special occasion. Uh, and in the control room, uh, we have Isla Hink.
0: Hi.
1: As well as Don Casanova and Gabby Montute. Don's over
0: there. (laughs) Here's Don.
1: (laughs) Uh, Friends, we're going to. I didn't even know Don was here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's he's cutting a certain something. Yeah, yeah.
1: Some people have been waiting on. Uh, Friends, we're going to (laughs) discuss some video game headlines this week, uh, but for the most part, we're here to just uh, give Ben uh, a loving send off, say nice things about Ben. Uh, and oh no. share some memories. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's too late, you're stuck here.
1: <laughs> but before we get started, uh, we must answer for the mistakes we made in the last episode. Um, Isla, begin corrections music, please. Uh, the story expansion for Xenoblade Chronicles 3 will be released by the end of 2023, not this year. Uh, I saw December, my eyes just kind of glazed over and uh, didn't see the, the year on that. I was like, oh, that's ways off. Uh, Damiani brought up Star Trek's Gravity Boots, saying they were in either Star Trek 4 or 5. Please roll tape on, like, three minutes later
4: when I go, oh, sorry, it was Star Trek 6.
1: Ah, you caught it later. I literally whispered
4: it into the mic. You <laughs> whispered <laughs> into the mic. Time, I wanted a timestamp reply to person, but like,
1: no, nah, I'm gonna say it on the. Podcast.
5: We that that's a correction parry right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: Tink.
1: I love it.
0: ASMR. Is undiscovered Perry? country? I don't
1: know that sick. people caught it because there were a couple of people that made that correction. Mm-hmm. People got oh. itchy
0: correction yeah. fingers, man. Oh
1: yeah. Um, this one was interesting. Uh, it seems that like it's sort of a, a misconception. I'm curious what other language was put out there at the time. Uh, that the original Destiny was supposed to be a single, long-lasting, live-service game, uh, and the sequel just kind of came out of nowhere, because the original contract between Activision and Bungie actually specifies four Destiny titles, uh, with DLC in between, uh, and they would be releasing every other year.
5: Do you think if they got to Destiny 4, the four would have been in the word Destiny?
1: (laughs) Somehow. Somehow that four would have been a Y. Yeah. yeah.
5: Maybe an E. I don't know.
1: Uh, and this is a fun one. I love getting into these, these stories. Isla stated that octopi is the more correct pluralization of octopus, which sparked a firestorm of comments uh, with conflicting references and conclusions. Uh, however, according to Merriam-Webster, uh-huh. octopi is the oldest plural- pluralization uh, based on a Latin framework as it was adopted to English from New Latin. Octopodes stems from the fact that
0: o- octopodes.
1: octopodes stems from the fact that the Latin originally borrowed octopus from Greek. Meanwhile, octopuses essentially comes from belief that the English word and English word should have an English pluralization, regardless of its origin. For the record, octopuses tends to be the most accepted, particularly in scientific circles. However, it's been debated for 140 years, so it's probably not going to be solved anytime soon. (laughs) I I hope this is just the
3: the start of a recurring correction that every week we we learn the the next update on the (laughs) octopuses versus octopi
1: debate. Perfect. (laughs) Uh, I also prefer octopi. It just sounds better. (laughs) So there we go. Uh, If you have a correction, uh, leave it in the YouTube comments on either the public version or the patron version of this podcast. Uh, Use the word correction and put a timestamp in there so I can go back and see the conversation that you're correcting. End. Corrections. Music. Starting off, it's Ben's last podcast, so we've got to explain what that's about. I know you've you've given the rundown a couple of times, uh, but there's some people that just follow this podcast so don't see everything that we do so what's happening ben this is kind of kind of sudden we had plans we weren't expecting this
5: i'm going to be a gundam pilot (laughs) yeah uh no um let's see like the friday before the monday that i told you guys my wife found out that she got a new job um which will require her to move back to iowa and I will be joining her, of course, <laughs> uh, as her husband. Um, but it's it's more than that. I mean, like, that's like the, the driving force. But, you know, I think just I've been out here for almost 10 years and she's been out here for seven years and we just have no family out here. And so I think we want to be close to home kind of reconnect with with family and and prioritize that and, you know, prioritize our own family. Like, we'd love to own a house, which is not feasible out here in the way that we would like it to be. Um, you know, and just kind of move on to the, the next stage of our life. It's it's conversations that we've been having for, for a while now, a few years. Um, and it just kind of happened.
1: Yeah. And then kind of, like, go through through, like your experience through all of that? Because you were an intern for a while, you were doing wiki cheats, which Mm -hmm. I don't know if a lot of people remember. Yeah,
5: Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, so I was an intern in 2011. It was three months out here. I actually had to uh, take out a personal loan. Oh, wow. and then because the
1: internships weren't paid, right? No, they were point? not yeah. paid.
5: I didn't get paid a paid a cent. Uh, so I had to take out a personal loan. I had to, my grandfather had to like sign a loan, and so it was a big step. A, I don't know if it, a risk is really the right word, but then after that, I um, freelanced for a while, and then like around 2012, maybe late 2011, 2012, somewhere around there. And then in 2013, that turned into a full-time job um, at Game Trailers. And so I moved out here. Uh, I had a terrible living situation at first. And then luckily, uh, Damiani actually let me move in with him. And I lived with him for a number of years. Um, you know, And then you, the people probably know the rest of the story. Like Game Trailers eventually yeah. shut down. And then Easy Allies happened. And yada, yada, yada. Defy Media, all that stuff.
1: Yeah. And I should probably explain what Mitch is doing here. Uh, <laughs> because, Mitch, you worked with us when we were at Defy. You were over at Game Front.
3: Yeah. I mean, worked, worked, I wish I worked with you guys. Right. <laughs> when I was, uh, worked with, worked with uh, Defy. Sort of.
1: Were you even in the same building? Where were you no, exactly? No. I, so
3: uh, I was in... I think I was in the building that you guys eventually moved to. Because okay. you had two different offices, right? Right.
1: So yeah, I was the in... The last building that we were like for a few months. And then that's when they decided to shut us down. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I was in that building. And then, you know, we had a, a situation where, you know, Gamefront went all remote. And that was kind of, you know, the, the, the writings on the wall. Um, and uh, yeah, I think... I think I, the first time I met Ben was at, was it the Smite World Championships in Atlanta?
5: <laughs> 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 I don't remember exactly how we met. I just kind of remember, I remember we talked about Devil May Cry 3. <laughs> Boy.
3: set <sounds>, checks out. <laughs>
5: yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, that's the thing with us is we've just always had just kind of step-in-step step very similar interests um, and yeah. kind of kind of a similar career progression I would say So, yeah. but yeah I d- was that the first time we met was the Smite World Championship I, th- I think the first time
3: that I remember meeting you was at Smite World Championship what
5: a w- boy what a I weird think, thing. I think you were
3: you were there with uh, I believe Omar was it could be probably yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, probably and uh, yeah it was just one of those things where like I think we we kind of just clicked in terms of mm. of interest I've always viewed Ben as like Almost like a mirror version of myself that just kind of we split off and went different ways. Yeah, um, you know, it talk like talking to you. I up to that point, I hadn't like had conversations with someone who was like so knowledgeable about video games. It was just like, you know, it was. I left. I left that trip uh, just you know enriched. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I think then we kept kind of running into each other. I think the next time we ran into each other was at like the Dark Souls 3, hmm. um,
5: media event where we went to a castle. Yeah. Right. It's, it's really like that was sick. it's funny that you bring up both these things because like, about that. the idea of today, like traveling to Atlanta for a Smite championship right. is hilarious. And like that Dark Souls 3 event was insane literally a castle we went yeah. to to demo dark
3: souls 3 and like it was and they had one like of the coolest a, experiences of my life a roasted
5: pig <laughs> yeah and like they had like sword, sword fighting, fighting. Yeah. yeah it was it was crazy and then we played
3: the game yeah. <laughs> yeah. for like an hour um yeah. but yeah um and then i think we just kind of you know connected over our love for fighting games and uh you know when when game trailers shut down i think you know i, I reached out to you cuz like I, I was in a very similar si- situation where defy just kind of you know dump dumped me
2: mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> and uh yeah i remember like i invite, i think i invited you over to to play street fighter with me one yep, time yeah i drove down to burbank yep. and uh we, we streamed it actually. yeah we yeah. streamed it 500 people i literally looked at it and like 500 people have watched this <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> nice. Um and uh, yeah we just
5: kind of you know connected through that I think. Yeah the first and only time I went in person to internet fights with, was with you. It yeah. was around that same period in between Game Trails and Easy Allies where we took a trip up there and that was that was fun too. Yeah. So. And it, it like it was all just kind of like amazing for me because you know you grow up
3: in Los Angeles with aspirations for being in games media It's very hard because, you know, a lot of the big players are in San Francisco. And I'm like, I don't want to move to San Francisco. I actually had a similar situation to you where I Mm. I went to San Francisco for IGN, didn't have any family or friends up there. And I was like, I want to go back to L.A. And, you know, I I made that trip. Um, And so, yeah, so I I always looked at game trailers. It's like, you know, the place that I wanted to be and uh i was so stoked when you when you know we were under the same defy umbrella cuz mm-hmm. it you know to me it was like oh i get to to work with with you guys and uh yeah i i can't believe i'm here
5: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so funny cuz like San Francisco, I, I have such like amazing things to say about it, but probably the only reason for that is I get to go regularly, but I've never had to live there. It's terrible, right? Then. So I imagine, yeah, I imagine if I had to live there, I would have a completely different opinion on it. If I, I told to. you the story of my commute to
3: IGN every sure, day, you yeah. would you would lose your mind. Uh,
1: yeah, uh, that's yeah, a, a whole different story than just like hopping in a <laughs> cab.
5: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. When you don't have to drive, it's a different world for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
3: That's uh, I think that's that's my history. With, yeah, uh, with yeah. And all Game Front
1: was the same time as you, right because they basically dumped everybody. Like they had, like, it, it was probably a couple months. They an at that point too.
3: Yeah, it was probably a couple months apart. Um, but it was I think it was on a kind of similar
5: timeline for sure. Yeah, it was such an interesting time at Game Trailers, like right around that time because like for months on and it was like this is going to end. We know it's going to end. And just how that kind of influenced everything, you know, I think in in good ways and bad. I mean, it was something that, like, allowed you to maybe just go for broke in some ways, which was good, but on the other hand, it was just like you're just kind of biding time until you know that that it hits the gavel, you know?
3: Yeah. Very much like treading water sometimes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well... We got a lot of memories submitted here for uh, for Ben. <laughs> I asked the community uh, to to share some favorite moments, uh, so we've got some some fun ones here to go through, um, and then we we can share some of our own. Uh, but yeah, uh, if you if you want to jump in at any point, if anything sounds funny to you, uh, feel free. But uh, first one submitted from uh, Sheriff McDuck, which was also echo- echoed by uh, Greg Kettering, Matt Curran, and Jerry Young. <laughs> My favorite bed memory, the world will finally understand when Monster <laughs> Hunter World was at Sony E3. It's
5: that, funny because like, you know, I was just kidding, yeah. really. And like, it, ironically, like Monster Hunter World did become, you know, this big kind of breakthrough moment for the series. So it
1: yeah, happened. That's, that's funny. It's It was... It was around, but it was not what it is today. Yeah,
5: it was not. It's, I mean, it, it really is like a before and after um, for it. Sort of like Fire Emblem Awakening, I feel like, for Fire Emblem
1: mm-hmm. in,
5: the, in the West. Yeah.
1: From Killer Squid Hugs, uh, just want to say that Ben and Frame Trap were the reasons I discovered EZA in 2017, and I've been a patron ever since. So thank you, Ben, for being such an excellent video games journalist and reviewer. As for specific mem- memories, Screaming, pull my devil trigger, yeah. at E3, uh, which was echoed <laughs> by a few other people as well. Uh, the legendary frame trap with Max and Kyle, and so many of the weekly hunts uh, come to mind. The one made me, that made me laugh the most, though, was during the E3 total degeneration <laughs> betting special. Ben bet that Doug Bowser was going to make a Bowser joke <laughs> and <laughs> rationalize by saying, uh, I want everyone to Google search a picture of Doug Bowser. You know this man has had a Bowser (laughs) joke ready to go for months. Yeah. Thanks so much, Ben. You'll be sorely missed.
5: (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. I'm glad somebody picked that one out. Um, I stand by every word of that.
1: This one's more of a question. I don't know if you have an answer. Uh, Mm -hmm. From Perka uh, Halama. Uh, The Ben that was... So much love for all your work on Easy Allies. I love how you articulate your thoughts on video games. However, I must ask you to tell us how the epic noodles and broth storyline would have ended up.
5: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the real, like, here's one, I'm a heavy procrastinator. And so, like, the way noodles and broth would happen is I'd be like, oh, shit, I got to figure out where I'm going with this storyline, like, right at the last minute. And depending on the year, right, like I would have like a different goal because it got to a point where I was like, okay, this is so convoluted, which is kind of funny, but I wanted it to, I wanted people to be able to appreciate it. I didn't want it to get too far up its own ass, which it definitely did. Um, I have no idea how it would have been. Uh, To be honest with you, I probably don't even remember where it's at right now. Yeah,
1: where did it leave off (laughs) Yeah, two years ago, three years ago? Whenever that was. Uh, from Jesse Blue. My favorite Ben Moore moments are all the times he meticulously planned the D&D campaigns just to have Huber and the crew turn his plans <laughs> on end. It was something absurd. And then getting a nat 20 upon rolling like recruiting Kuo the Fishman. Mm-hmm. My favorite feature Ben worked on was the gen that was. And I'm glad if he had to shut down Tabletop, we would get from him something that made it worth it. He has a passion for everything he does, and I'm sure he will take that passion into the next phase of his life. Good luck, Ben, and until next time. Uh, got some more love from Jen that was from a few more other people.
5: Um just real quick on on Huber in that moment. Because <laughs> like right at the start of Tabletop, I put so much time into or I should say so much effort trying to think of that world. Yeah. Right. And I'm I really do want whenever I'm DMing, I want players to be able to express themselves and get really into their characters, and I think that would be fun. And so, like, I'm, I'm not this, like, oh, it has to be this and this and this. Like, I want players to have a lot of autonomy over their characters. I think that's really important. And I remember Huber was making his character, and he's like, can I be a monk from China? And I was like, it, I'm sorry. That's, like, the one thing you can't do is be from an actual country in this fantasy land. And I don't remember what he said to that. But I think, like, it wasn't a fight, you know? It was just like, no, you know, like, you can't do that. Uh, and he was like, okay. And then the show started, and I think he was like, I am a monk from China. And so it was just like,
1: <laughs> yeah.
5: It was, it was so funny. It was so funny.
1: Uh, Mikey Mo has some more uh, tabletop memories. EZA started when I was in the second year of university, a tabletop Escapades was such an awesome stress reliever, so much laughter over the years listening. Ben, you were an amazing storyteller. Some of my favorite memories was watching you navigate Huber's curveballs playing as Law and Pomper. By far the funniest thing was Law getting shot out of a catapult to his demise. <laughs> I always had a blast listening to TTE. Good luck with everything, Ben.
5: Yeah, I I remember the aftermath of that, and Like, people loved Law so much, and I think there was some anger that he died, but, like, reflecting back on that situation, it was like, I'm pretty sure multiple times I was like, Huber, are you sure you want to do this? Like, (laughs) I definitely did not kill Law. (laughs)
1: Um...
5: But yeah, great moment for sure.
1: Yeah. From Jason Wojnar, uh, my brother Zach met you, or at least saw you at E3, and he was surprised that you were actually quite tall. I have that same impression (laughs) the first time I saw Ben. Yeah. Uh, This makes Benzilla a more logical character.
5: Yep. Yeah, I don't know if Fast and Loose has gone live yet.
1: But it yeah, this morning.
5: Okay. We talk about it a lot there. That's like, that's like the number one recurring comment I get is it's like, whoa, you're tall. Yeah, everyone
0: so. thinks he's so short,
5: and he's <laughs> definitely not. Yeah.
1: Uh, Alexander Zaryanov uh, pulled a few different clips. I watched through, and I, I picked one of these that, that humored me the most. Um, and on an episode of the podcast, Kyle asked if Final Fantasy VII Remake's launch was an event after which Ben revealed that his copy had arrived early and he'd already been playing it. The panel was shocked that Ben didn't tell us, to which Ben replied, Why would I tell you and not just play the game?
5: (laughs) It's funny because I don't remember this moment, but I agree with past me. Yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't I just play it? (laughs) That must have been... Never mind. I was going to say that must have been like... Me, going to mom and pop LA game shops and like tracking down a copy. I think it
1: just like it got shipped early for some reason from the way it sounded. Wow,
5: I don't remember that at all.
1: Yeah. From Camden, my favorite Ben moment is easily when he brought Final Fantasy IX to the Hall of Greats. His sheer passion and unwavering love for this game showed through, not just how he described it but his body language as well. He had an affectionate stare off into the distance as he described the game, almost as if he was reliving all the moments he described in real time. At the moment, it was like no one else was in the room. While he may not have been able to get it into the Hall of Greats, that speech alone prompted me to immediately boot up my Switch and download not only Final Fantasy IX, but also Seven VII and Eight as well. Before this, I hated turn-based combat and would have never thought of giving it a chance. But Ben is basically the sole reason I became a new Final Fantasy fan. And I'm eagerly awaiting 16.
5: That's so awesome to hear. I mean, there's so many games I love, but like, there were just certain things that hit me as a kid. And it's like, if I could give anybody those emotions that I had growing up, you know, that made me so passionate about this, that's the only thing I want to do.
1: Yeah. And I saw a lot of similar stories from people about Persona, about Yakuza. There's so many things that you've really like turned people from. Just like knowing that something exists, into like I should play that.
5: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Um, from Mecca Doyle, um, Ben Memory. Except this isn't just a Ben Memory; it's a top one easy moment from Achieve Yourself. Oh, I know it's a <laughs> yeah, of yeah. kindness. Uh, I don't want to spoil it. We can spoil it, uh, but uh, everyone should watch this episode through to the end to find an epic Ben Moore guest appearance. Shout out to Isla or whoever was running the side camera to capture Ben's reaction at the perfect time.
0: That was me, yeah.
1: <laughs> Love and respect, Ben. Best of luck. Hopefully your future endeavors are much more successful than Brandon and Blood's attempt at this <laughs> achievement.
5: I Oh, man. I don't know. I don't mean to, like, break the illusion on this because it is very funny. But like everybody for years was always like oh man like they lost all your money like aren't you so salty it became like a running meme of the community but it was like at that point i had already finished astral chain Yeah. and so like i was never even a little <laughs> bit mad you know it was just it was just
3: a joke i guess i need to watch this cuz i must have yeah. missed this this moment <laughs> yeah it's
1: it's pretty good let's just let's just say that we thought that we could go back to a save point and we could not. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> they were very bad at carrying ice cream, and it
5: cost it Oh, hard. man, I hate it that hard. part. Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy.
1: Yeah. Uh, from Louise Brown, this is a, this is a great one. Uh, My favorite Ben moment has to be Battletoads. <laughs> when he shut off the stream, I laughed so long, and I cried. So many great moment, moments, so thanks to Ben, and good luck in all you do in the future.
5: That is... That might be one of mine as well because it yeah. was just like raw emotion. I am an extremely competitive person, and I was upset. Like I felt it was it was like you just have people watching you fail over and over and over yeah. again, and then doing it. The relief that I felt.
1: You yeah, had to get through the turbo tunnel. To oh, I, 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 I already happening. knew
5: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, before yeah. you yeah. even told me. I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like you see the relief on my face at the end of that clip. Um, yeah,
1: Yeah. and then he doesn't say anything. He just turns the stream yeah. off. It's was just this, a hard cut.
3: Was this a punishment? or yeah. was, Oh, yeah. okay, okay. I don't even remember. <laughs>
1: for of one those. of the betting specials yeah. for something, yeah. <laughs> uh, for Karen Little, I just wanted to call attention to how much I loved Ben's Suikoden streams. I was going through a pretty rough patch with my health at the time, and for long periods of time was essentially immobilized. So knowing I was able to throw on one of those streams and eat up a big chunk of hours with Ben playing two of my favorite games was a huge help to me and super appreciated as a big fighting game fan i've always loved ben being on the panels to make sure the community was represented and as always ben's writing was a joy in his reviews all the best ben
5: um something about those streams and like one of the best parts of streaming i would say it's like 90 10 or 80 20 good because sometimes people can go like overboard where they like you know, backseat game or whatever. Yeah. But, but I would say for the most part, something that, that is awesome about streaming, especially streaming things that, like, aren't well represented on the platform, is you get people that are just, like, so thankful and appreciative and passionate. And I, I love seeing that come forward where, you know, they're like, and, and a recent example, like, the Pokémon Nuzlocke streams were amazing. Probably some of my favorite streams just because I, I felt that passion. You know, people were just so invested and happy and celebrating something they enjoyed. So,
1: Yeah. The,
0: and- uh, I looked up the Battletoads thing. It was The bet was, will Battletoads be announced at E3 2016? Oh. And it was not. It was announced in 2018. So Jones won and Ben had to do the Turbo Tunnel. Got it.
5: I could see why I would bet that,
1: though. Speaking of Nuzlocke, uh, that's uh, Paul Ginsberg's pick. Uh, though it is recent, the pure hubris of the early couple failed runs of the Pokemon luck stand out for sure. <laughs> Going from, we can take Misty, to, to having her starmy outspeed Ben's slowly collapsing team mm-hmm. should be a lesson for everyone to try grinding like, grinding like only Brandon Jones can.
5: Yeah, that water pulse confusion. I don't know if it was the first Misty Death or the... I think it was... I think it was the second run where I, I thought I prepared, and then just dealing with confusion is some of the truest despair I've ever felt while playing a Pokemon game, for sure.
1: Uh, from, that I can
5: remember anyway. <laughs> yeah.
1: From Level Capybara uh, My favorite Ben quote, and possibly my favorite EZA quote, is from a Nintendo Direct reaction stream in which Ben vigorously defended the honor of Musou spinoff games. Ben said, and I quote, the Weaves have won. They have indeed, Ben. Yeah. They have indeed.
5: Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, uh, this is not really relevant. I don't need to talk after every one of these, but, um, <laughs> like, it's it's crazy to me because, like, my wife, who deals with kids, she's like, You're uncool if you don't watch anime and play video games now. And that still warps my mind. I Mm. mean, it was such a far cry from my childhood where anime was like so limited and like so hard to get a hold of. And now you go to Barnes and Noble and it feels like half the store is manga, (laughs) right? That's because of how well it's selling. And so it's just it is it is kind of crazy to see how how big it's become
1: quick one from Matthew McArdle crisp crack clack
5: that's a good one <laughs> that's a good one
1: <laughs> if you're not familiar with that uh, look that up that's that's a sound you need to hear and then uh, Brandon K. Gann put together a very lengthy essay here shout uh, out to
5: Brandon K. Gann yeah. I, I think like sent in a question for Frametrap either every episode or almost every episode mm-hmm. so
1: yeah. yeah, and this is about Frame Trap. Uh, well, we must bid a heartfelt farewell to yet another ally as Mr. Moore goes home to Iowa. So to mark the occasion, I thought I would provide some Ben Easy facts based off both his reviews and Frame Trap. Without further ado, in all, Ben has reviewed eighty-one games under the Easy Allies banner. Two of those hold max marks: Persona Five with five stars, and Half-Life Alex with a ten. He also holds the distinction of issuing the lowest numerical score of a 2, giving it to Fallout 76. His first review as an easy ally came with Dark Souls 3, and his most recent one is... Was that my... Oh, wow. Yeah. uh, Yeah, it was right when we started. Uh, Most recent one was A Chronicle Rising. Some of the most notable games he reviewed for both good and ill, and not yet mentioned, are... Mighty Number 9, No Man's Sky... Final Fantasy XV, Nier Automata, Sonic Mania, Wolfenstein II, uh, Monster Hunter World, of course, Dragon Quest XI, Mega Man XI, Mortal Kombat XI, <laughs> Fire Emblem Three Houses, Death Stranding, that was a great one. It's a crazy thing to have to review before launch. I
0: really liked launch. that review, yeah. That was a hard review.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah, Cutting that was so much fun.
1: Doom Eternal, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077, another hard one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Psychonauts 2. No More Heroes 3. Metroid Dread. Halo Infinite. And Tiny Tina's Wonderlands.
5: Um, it's funny, out of that list that you mentioned, I really like the Death Stranding review, but um, in terms of like just raw enjoyment out of that list... The Sonic Mania review is, Mm. like, one of the most fun, chillest games to review ever because it just didn't take that long, and it was just pure joy. Like, there was no baggage with it. Um, And actually, the same thing with Metroid Dread, where I I feel like that came together um, pretty quickly, and I was just enraptured by it. So, yeah, those, those two, just in terms of, like, ease and fun and joy of gaming, those stick out. Um... Funny thing about the Dark Souls three review, I didn't even realize that that was the first one. We at that point, I, I didn't get an early copy of Dark Souls three, but it released, I think, in New Zealand earlier than North America. <laughs> I
3: know this story, and
5: so <laughs> I, I don't know if I made a different account or something, but somehow I got access to a New Zealand copy on Xbox One, and that's what I used to review Dark Souls 3.
3: We did the same thing at IGN. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) That's amazing. Uh,
1: As far as his brainchild, Frame Trap, he helmed a total of 161 episodes, almost double the reviews. Uh, At episode 100, I wrote in a massive email about the facts of the show, so to truncate that down to major highlights, uh, which I truncated further, uh, to include the 61 that came after, uh, the longest episode to date is episode 80, Heart Collector at 3 hours and 56 minutes and 5 seconds. Uh, what's special about this episode is a special guest, Maximilian Dude, stopped by to talk about Mortal Kombat and the state of fighting games. The shortest frame trap that wasn't in Noodles and Broth is episode 13, an exciting time for RPGs with a runtime of only 50 minutes and 1 second.
5: Oh, man, we had an... Frame trap was under an hour. Yeah, what happened? I don't know <laughs> what happened. That's is weird. There fire alarm? <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean those was that. Oh, that. there were times where we had to like reshoot Frame Trap a couple yeah, of here and there. Yeah, I wonder if yeah. it's one of those. No,
5: there was there was like the early days of Frame Trap. I mean, it was a figuring out what is the show and b technical errors for one reason or another were definitely a lot more common.
1: Um, There have been hundreds and hundreds of games discussed, and at my 100 email, I had tabulated to be, at that point, over 460. So now I feel safe in saying that surpassed 600, allowing for duplicates or revisits. And still, no game has been talked about more across various segments and allies than Final Fantasy fifteen.
5: Yeah, that makes sense. Because that game, I mean, it just was like... It took forever to come out. It was very controversial when it did come out. There was, there's a lot to discuss with Final Fantasy XV.
1: Yeah. And I'll end it here, but I have to sign off by saying that you, Mr. Moore, thank you, Mr. Moore, for providing your insight, critiques, and wit to everything you did in games journalism. I'll miss your reviews the most as your writing is excellent in how it conveys not just the game you're discussing, but the act and art of writing itself. I wish you and your loved ones all the best, and I hope you'll guest or freelance back at EZA soon. Until next time, Hotake.
5: Thank you so much, Brandon. Um, Yeah, Blood, I feel like you and I have talked about this privately, but, like, one of the biggest bummers to me is I just don't feel like writing is as valuable in this industry as it originally was. Yeah. Um, Because that's my favorite thing. Right. And like when I got hired at game trailers, I thought like I was just gonna write and then very quickly it was like, No, you're gonna be on camera. Um, and that is certainly enjoyable, like and I'm not I, I'm not criticizing that, but I feel like it's more about on camera personalities and less about the quality of the writing. And that, that was always something that I was like, Oh shucks. You know, not not the direction that I loved, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's like it's something I've definitely shared with you. you know, I mean, I mean, I was, I was writing before I was really playing video games. Mm-hmm. You know, so like writing has always been like one of the core things, and so it's it's definitely been hard, like making all the adjustments over the years. And, um, and but it's like it's still something like I want to hold on. Like we got to at least do reviews, if nothing else, because it's the one thing we still write. Yeah, we got away from writing previews because that just got awkward and. You know, it just became easier to do that as a discussion because of the circumstances always change with a preview. It's like, do we yeah. have footage? Can we show footage? Can we take our own capture? Are we going to get B-roll? We don't know. And so, like, when you don't know what you're going to get, trying to write about it, it's just a yeah. pain in the butt. So, mm-hmm. uh, have to get on camera just to have something to put on the screen. <laughs> but yeah, uh, definitely, definitely have appreciated writing uh, and your writing and editing and all that good Thank stuff. You. Uh, but yeah, let's get some other people to talk in here. Um, one yeah. of the one of the biggest reasons I brought Mitch is because um, you guys both got to play Street Fighter Six at Summer Game Fest.
5: Pretty incredible experience. I feel yeah. like I feel like we just sort of accidentally were. Hanging out with Street Fighter Six for a weekend,
1: right? <laughs> yeah. Like we, we had
5: no, in- we had no idea. I think that we'd be able to play as much as. Well, we, we had, had to a book play.
1: everybody before we knew Street Fighter Six was there. Yeah. So yeah, it was sort of almost luck.
5: And I thought the unannounced game was going to be Resident <laughs> Evil for sure. I didn't think it was going to be Street Fighter. I thought it would be too early for Street Fighter, but.
1: So, so yeah, I just wanted to give you guys a chance to like go off. You know?
5: Yeah, I
3: mean, I was listening to to the podcast last week. Um, Damiani, you were talking about the uh, oh, yeah. the the modern controls, and I think you like really really hit the nail on the head, just in terms of like your your assessment with with all that and how like you know it it, it it's about getting players to to be able to play a fighting game without having to be overwhelmed with input commands and all that stuff. I actually got to play a couple of colleagues who, you know, don't play a lot of fighting games and you know, I, I I still I still won the matches, but they were they made it a competitive fight in a way that they wouldn't have been able to if they were just, you know, mashing heavy heavy kick or whatever the whole time.
4: Yeah, I uh to go off of that too, to even like further clarify from last week, I think the thing is like it's not about like even like being good. It, mm-hmm. It's like I think a lot of players get frustrated when like they know the fundamentals of a fighting game but they're held back by the execution like oh, this person's going to jump in on me. I need to do a Shoryuken sure mo- mo- motion on the controller. I'm just really bad at that and so mm-hmm. like I'm losing to you not because you have better technical skill but like it was always about like the strategy. Like right. so many it's a fighting game. It's so easy to understand and so many people would Like be able to get into it and enjoy it much better if they just remove that barrier. And the concerns about like, oh, well, what about like you know higher level players and stuff? As you said, like they're probably still gonna beat out players like that. But it's about enjoyment. It's about players just having fun because the intimidation and the skill ceiling was one of the two of the biggest barriers. I feel like it's probably like. I mean, among other reasons, a game like like Smash Brothers does so well because it's generally pretty simplistic too compared to most fighting games. It's like hit up and a B button, hit up and an attack button, like you smash stuff and like you do special attacks. Like, well, that's pretty easy to do. So, this going in that direction, I know it's not the first one, but having more of the higher profile games embrace this and pushing it is one of the biggest features. I think it's one of the best things Capcom has done. And it sets the game up to just be an even bigger success potentially than it's ever been before.
3: Yeah, and I I like the fact that it's it's a choice, right? It's you can do the modern controls or you can do the classic controls. So if you're playing, you know, against another player, you know, I I, I hope that in ranked play they 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 still have that choice, but yeah. you know, you're you're able to if you're going against another player who's playing classic controls, you don't have to deal with something like, you know, auto combos or or other ways of of Bringing up the the skill floor, um, if that's the right way to say it, um, to get people on like the same level, it's you're able to you know pick and choose like what kind of or you're able to know what kind of fight you're getting into before you get into it.
4: Yeah, I, I agree with that too. And I think the best thing, I want sorry, one of the other best things that come out of this is that even if like we're saying like a hundred thousand people start off by using modern controls, even if just one of them's like, hey, I really like this, but I want to take the training wheels off. I want to start trying to learn how to play this a little bit more advanced. It's that gateway. It's a nice gateway into bringing in more people because the larger the pool of players is the potentially the large pool of competitive players that maybe be at a lower level and just keeps trickling, or just trickling down the line there. And I think that could help because stagnation is a big problem the fighting game communities had to deal with like probably multiple times throughout the existence of fighting games where it's like we need newer competitive players to come in. It can't always be the same people playing.
5: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that in a lot of ways. I think the thing that kind of gets lost in this conversation is I think the, the floor and the ceiling will be fine. I'm just kind of worried about everything that's in between there because I think for people that maybe aren't interested in really learning the ins and outs, like that's not their drive, I think this will enable them to have more fun with their friends and do mm-hmm. things that they wouldn't get to do before and may endear them to the genre in a way that they just weren't able to appreciate before. I, I totally think that that is, that is possible and cool, but I, I feel like some people maybe have this mental barrier where it's like, well, I just can't do these motions or I just can't do these combos. And it's like, well, it's, it's, it's so much more complicated than that where it's like the modern controls, yes, they remove the execution barrier for specials and supers but it's like that's just level one right like even something really basic like linking light attacks in street fighter is really weird and unintuitive because you don't just like mash the button and it automatically combos. It's like there's a certain timing that you have to do and then like why does that timing work that way goes into like all of these things like recovery frames and all of that stuff. And so it's like you have that, right? And then it's like, well, in training mode maybe you could do a combo, but in a match when somebody's blocking, can you hit confirm, right? Mm-hmm. Can you do it? Can you Are you able to you know, immediately turn something from are you able to capitalize on opportunities, essentially? And so it's like, while I definitely think it's good that the, the it, it, it lets more people in, I also fundamentally believe for the people that really want to learn, and maybe that's not even that many people, I don't know, but for the people that really want to learn, you have to have resources where they can educate themselves and explain this is why this works, this is why you want to do this. In- because like execution is is only one part of the pie and
3: I really hope that they, they've kind of said that this is their goal but I hope that the world tour mode goes into that mm-hmm. um, I hope that you know they they take their single-player mode and use it as you know an onboarding mechanism in a way that other fighting games haven't really done yet right um, and I've taught you know I talked to the, to the the director and he seems like that's that's what he wants to do with that mode and I think that that really is the you know the key to the puzzle of getting these you know newer fighting players to to kind of understand why they're hitting a, a you know a wall and why they're getting beat by people online and you know getting over it because it, it really is that. that simple really you have to learn that you know you can't just mash the same combo against someone who's blocking because they're gonna know that as soon as you know they see this move and they block it they're gonna be able to punish you and do more damage to you than you're doing to them
5: yeah and it's like even if you could just teach people like hey punish unsafe special moves or hey you know learn how to anti-air. I think like, even if you just do like those two basic things, like suddenly, like you open up so many possibilities. Like, you know, sometimes I worry that like, when you try to dissect a problem, right. You are like, well, what about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? Right. And you go into too many things Mm -hmm. and it's just like, just teach them like, Anti airing, like have that, and just be like, okay, we're not going to worry about anything else, but you know, stop your opponent from jumping. See how that changes the flow of the match, right? And just that, you know, don't don't be like, okay, this move is minus four on block. Like, don't start that way, right? I think it's (laughs) I think it really comes down to how you present these things.
4: Yeah, I I mean, I I really hope that that's what comes to pass is that they have a way to teach. Players that really want to get into competitive scene, these types of things yeah. that are yet to be revealed that might be through like the world tour mode. The,
5: yeah. Oh, uh, sorry. I was the, just going to uh, say. Go ahead. go ahead. I was just going to say uh, I'm really interested because we I couldn't even hear it at SGF. Oh if yeah. If the the commentary, the live commentary, well, oh, it's super distracting. Okay.
3: By the way. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But. No, sorry. It's funny because, uh, you know, we couldn't hear it. I posted a bunch of videos <laughs> on IGN for, for the, the Street Fighter matches. And, like, literally all the comments are like, this commentary is so annoying. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, uh, no. So I am not super
2: hopeful. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe maybe oh, they'll okay. take
3: feedback and tone it down a little bit. Yeah, hopefully.
4: Yeah, that was the thing. They were, in the trailer, they were trying to advertise it might, commentator VO might like hint, in, or incline, in, 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 make This give you a hint about what you should do in a certain yeah. situation, but
3: sounds like maybe not working out too well. Yeah, that might I not be know. the best I avenue mean, to do it. Yeah. I, I think if you really listen for it, you might be able to pick up on, on some things, but I think In the end, it's it's kind of background noise, and it's just kind of (laughs) like shut up. That's the
4: problem. That's yeah. That's too. It's like you need something that's like more like in the like in a moment like freeze frame. Like just slow this down so people can understand it. Not you have all this other stuff going on, and you have to focus on it, and you have this background voice as well. It's like you're that's going to get drowned out, especially when you're a newer player trying to learn that. The thing I did want to say about the uh, the modern controls, the last thing I want to say that I think will be very actually be helpful is because virtually everyone except for like it's the charge moves' be a little different most spe- the modern control specials will work across every character mm. so it'll make it easier for incentivize newer players to play as as many characters because they're not as difficult to learn Got Just the it. basics yeah. yeah and learning matchups so the more you play as a character and see their specials you see this is how it feels this is how it looks now when I play as this character I this might be able to counter it like they start to learn that dynamic right and I think that's one of the also basic stepping stones you need to understand then that leads into everything both of you were talking about, like, okay, now it's about the execution, right? Take off those training wheels. So, I do think it'll have a lot of value in that as well. Is that more people will try out more characters, not just see a bunch of online Kens and Reus, a Shoryuken all over the place. You'll yeah, still, you'll still see that. <laughs> yeah,
5: <laughs> yeah
2: that will. it's
5: like, yeah, it's, yeah. Like a, it's almost like a law of the universe. Dragon Punch here, get, Dragon Punch there, you will get <laughs> like, online Wake Up Shoryuken's all over the place. Um, Damian, you actually bring up a really, really, really good point. Is I think having. Um, things transfer over from character to character is, is an underappreciated aspect because it's hard enough just to play one character, but something that's so essential to fighting games is matchup knowledge and just knowing what your opponent can do, right? Like you can grind out one character all day, but if you get into a match and you are like, wait, I don't know what this character does. I don't know what's unsafe. I don't know where my opportunities are. You're going to have a bad time. And so, yeah, just from a, like, let me get a feel for this character, I do think that's something that people are not talking about that I've seen uh, that could be hugely beneficial. 100%.
4: Yeah. I mean, I hope it comes to pass. I mean, uh, just as you said, there will probably be just, on, like both said, online people still going with Ken and Ryu. Like, people are just going to play who they think looks cool and stuff and, like... I mean, that's fine, too. Like, as long as you look cool and flashy and they make it easier to do, I mean, this isn't the first one I did. I I was, the last podcast, I was even saying, like, Marvel vs. Capcom 3, I'm, like, terrible at those games, but when they added auto combos and, like, the simple, like, super stuff, I was like, yeah, I was able to, like, play and have fun and, like, enjoy it, but, like, I was not really learning anything, so I think it is important that they, you know, find a way to incentivize people to take those plunges into the different aspects that'll help you become, like, a more well-versed, well-rounded fighting game player.
5: Yeah, because I I can't speak for everybody, but, like, I, I feel like there's, like, a before and after with fighting games where, like, I think a lot of people aren't interested in fighting games just because they haven't had that opportunity to learn in a way that's, like, positive for them. And so, like, for tons and tons and tons of people, fighting games are just games where, like, maybe you figure out one move or you do, like, the bison slide over and over again or you, you know like in Tekken you spam Eddie, right? I think for a lot of people that's fighting games, but once you are like, oh, this is what a reversal is, or oh, this is like, what footsies is and all this stuff like once you have the opportunity i feel like you can just and you don't have to be an expert i don't even think you have to be good but just when you can see things happen and being like oh that's what's going on it's like it's like you see the matrix you have like like (laughs) keanu reeves moment you can see behind the screen (laughs) i think it just makes them so much more interesting than than probably were before and so like the more people that we can get to that uh i just think they'd have more fun Period. Yeah,
3: and I think it's also important to say, like, you know, even if you get good, you're still going to oh have God. that people that th- those people that are above you, regardless of what level of play you're at. Yeah, you're going to have people that are going to be better than you. A and lot it's, of people. And so it's not yeah. it's not about like you know getting to a point where like oh now I'm beating everyone. You'll yeah. never get to that no. point. <laughs> um, so like I think another key to to enjoying fighting games is really just like be okay with losing like mm-hmm. you know learn learn why why you're losing take that information and see how you can avoid falling into those traps and that's how you improve you keep on improving step by step by step um and i hope that you know street Fighter six is able to you know impart that message to people somehow um
1: but yeah, yeah. Well, what what were you guys like you know because everybody was just learning the game at that point like what were some of your biggest takeaways from what it's introducing
3: my biggest takeaway is I love the drive system. <laughs> the drive system is like such a cool idea. Um, basically, what you know to describe it it's a meter that governs pretty much all of your, your special abilities outside of like you know your unique uh, special moves. And you get a full meter at the start of every round and you're able to spend it as you want. So, usually in fighting games, you have to build up this meter as you, as you play around. But in this, you, you have you have all your options right at the start, which I think is super satisfying and uh, leads to a lot of different options. Which ultimately, like you know, options are what makes or what make fighting games fun for me. Um, but yeah, I don't know how how you felt about it.
5: Yeah, I think with the the drive system, um, something that's present is it. I think it allows you to. Exp- and this sounds like so corny, but I think it's true and important. Is it allows you to. Not only express yourself as a player, but then how that self-expression plays into the mind game of the match, mm-hmm. right? Because you, the drive system has so many different things that you can do with it, right? Like you've got a parry, you've got a reversal, you've got a... Uh, focus attack, basically, you know, you've, you've got EX moves that you can do with it. So you have all of these things that you can do with it, right? But as a player, you're not going to do all of these things equally. So do you lean on something too much? Do you do that focus attack, that drive impact too much? Does your opponent pick up on that? How do they counter that, right? And it's it's, it's not like a per-character thing. Every character has access to this. So it's kind of this universal tool, that everybody has access to where regardless of how you're playing, like that is a, a layer of the strategy that you're gonna have to incorporate in, which I think is cool.
3: Yeah, and I just think, you know, it, it combines a lot of the really cool mechanics from Street Fighter Three, it combines the focus attack from Street Fighter Four. There are elements of the the like the V sh- shift uh, from from Street Fighter Five. So it kind of, you know, brings together all these like really good parts from from all these fighting games and brings it into to one universal mechanic and uh yeah i'm i'm also super stoked that it's separate from the super meter so you can do things like you can do an ex into a super move um it just it opens up a lot of a lot of uh doors that you know weren't really possible before in really exciting ways
5: yeah and i I think the other thing with that is it really seems to be built from the ground up to be fun to watch and i know that that sounds so simple but it's so incredibly important right like I can't wait to watch that first Evo where it's like, holy shit, like that player is in burnout. What are they going to do, right? Where it's like, oh, they have so many of their tools taken away from them. What's going to happen? Or, oh my God, you know, they're below 25% out health and they have their level three super. Are they going to be able to pull it off, right? And what's great about this is those are things that anyone can understand on some level when you see those moments happen even if you don't understand the mechanics of the game you're going to understand like this is a big deal right and i think that that's something that i always kind of appreciated about tech at seven right like even if you have no idea what's going on when like both players are at like a tiny fraction of their health and everything slows down that's (laughs) exciting that's fun you feel that um and i i think that that is that is really important because from a casual perspective and in terms of like growing the audience, right? if it's just people going through their flow charts and the commentators saying fighting game jargon, that's not going to be exciting to anyone other than fighting game fans. And not that there's anything wrong with that, of course that's still awesome, but I think you want it to be something where it's like, you can just show up and, and, and understand why this is cool.
4: Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I'm too off the mark here with this, but I, I hope one of the good litmus tests will be early litmus tests will be mirror matches because the system will make it so that they potentially can be interesting because of different players' play styles. It will mm-hmm. come out more. I know at high level play there there is that still in existence, but it seems like that comes out a little further into the lifespan of a new entry, and uh, who knows what the meta will eventually become. Where every like Ryu player does play the same way, but I think it'll be fun in the early goings to see like, yo, know, someone get like burn through like they're like more of a rush on. I'm gonna use all my drive stuff to go in hard on you, mm-hmm. and we'll play. Some players like I'm gonna be more of a turtle defensive. I'm gonna wait for you to burn your stuff and encounter with all my stuff as well. Like I don't know. I, th- I, I in theory it sounds like that's what's going
3: for, and should yeah.
4: be a good good outcome for that.
3: I think it's also going to help that the game looks phenomenal. Yes. Like, oh, my God. The, the RE engine in Street Fighter is just... Re en- en-
5: engine carrying anything. the industry on its own. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> industry standard. <Yeah. laughs> um, and it's so dumb but in a good way. But, like, the cha- being able to change the facial expressions before the match, right? Like, to me, that indicates that they have their finger on the pulse in the sense that they're like, okay, they know that people are going to get goofy and dumb with this, and they're going to share it on social media. And it's like, again, even if you have no idea what you're doing, you're going to have fun making funny, dumb faces, you know, taunting your opponent or just memeing or whatever it is. Like, that's something you can enjoy at any level, right? And it's it's such a small thing, but it 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 indicates that they're – they're sweating that stuff, right? And I think that that's so encouraging. I can't wait for Street Fighter Six to come out and it'd be a colossal disappointment and like all of this energy <laughs> that we're, we're saying is like completely wasted. Uh, but at least, you know, right now it seems like they're on the ball.
3: Yeah. I can't wait for uh, people in, in EVO matches to do Luke's Hadouken! Yeah. Hadouken! Yeah. Kind of taunt. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be awesome to see.
5: Yeah. I, I agree with Max though. Like can it just not be? Can we get more stages than just training stage for six years, please? Yeah, <laughs> just, just take out than the just training the stage. The grid, take please. it out. Yeah. It doesn't need to be there. No one
3: actually counts the boxes on the ground to to judge spacing.
5: I don't know if I would say no one. But no um, one. I'll say it. <laughs> <being honest.
3: laughs> I don't.
1: <laughs> any any burning things you want to get off your chest for Street Fighter before we move on?
5: yeah fuck you Capcom (laughs) you come out here and (laughs) you're so awesome and we have such a good time and I get electrified and then I uh, there's no beta where's the beta I'm Here's just being a greedy little pig at this point, but <laughs> that's what I want to get off my chest, is drop the beta and have it go for months. <laughs> just let people have a great time. I uh, played like eight hours of Street yeah. Fighter VI. Yeah. So I
2: want
0: more! That's right. That's, that's
5: exactly where I'm at.
1: <laughs> and now, a word from our sponsors.
0: Now, a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Uh, it's important to take care of your mind... An example they give here that I think is nice is like, how well would you take care of your car if it was the only car you had for your entire life? That's your brain. We need to treat them that way. Personally, I've spent a long time thinking about my brain and how it works and, you know, been going to therapy, uh, to help me manage it and deal with certain revelations. (laughs) Um, and BetterHelp is actually something I did use for a while when my dad was in hospice, and it was very helpful to keep, you know, uh, maintain any amount of positivity, just talking to somebody, uh, and it's like learning a language or taking power naps. You gotta just do it to... That was an example they gave, too. I didn't just come up with that. Um, But yeah, I used it, like I said, when my dad was in hospice, because I have a therapist in L.A., but they aren't licensed or what i don't know whatever and so i have to you know i was using BetterHelp while i was uh on the road for six months or whatever i was gone for and it was just so much help and it was frankly necessary um everybody i think should be in therapy it's great and wonderful uh it's online therapy that offers video phone even live chat only therapy sessions so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. This is very true. Uh you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash allies. That's betterhelp h e l p dot com slash allies. Get 10% off your first month. B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash allies. Check it out. Therapy is incredibly worth it. Please look into it. Today's episode is sponsored by Honey. The easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. I like online shopping a lot. I like shopping a lot. And online shopping is easier than in-person shopping. So I like it probably more... Uh, <laughs> probably a problem for me. Ben likes to spend money on video games. I just like to spend money. But Honey helps you save money because it helps you find promo codes. Like, I probably saved like 20% on this bra because of Honey. They, uh, you know, you don't have to manually search for codes anymore. It's this thing, you add it to your browser and it searches for codes. It's sick. Honey is a free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best ones it finds to your cart. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out the Honey button appears. And all you have to do is click apply coupons. It's like magic. Wait a few seconds and Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site. Sometimes you can see it being like, you get 10% off. No, you get 18% off. No, 25% off. And then something goes weird with that one and you're like, okay, we're back to 15. But then it'll be like 30. And it's it's very exciting. If Honey finds a working coupon, the prices will drop. You watch them drop. Um, I, yeah, I use Honey all the time. It's really great. Like I say, bras, clothes, stuff, gadgets, uh, sometimes surprising things that you don't think it'll have a code for. You're like, what? You have a code for this? All right. Honey doesn't just work on desktop, FYI. It works on your iPhone, too. Just activate it on Safari on your phone and save on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show, the Easy Allies Podcast. Easy Allies. I'd never recommend something I don't use, but I do use this, and I recommend it heartily. Uh, get Honey for free at joinhoney.com allies. That's joinhoney.com allies. Honey. H-O-N-E-Y dot com slash allies.
1: And if you are a patron of Easy Allies, thank you. Ben, you have been a voracious Dead by Daylight player.
5: I have. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think people are aware how much time I've put into that game. (laughs) Or they are, I don't know.
1: And uh, a while back we found out about this uh, Dead by Daylight uh, dating game Mm -hmm. that's coming up. uh, And it's called Hooked on You, a Dead by Daylight... Dead by Daylight dating sim, and uh, and they recently put out yeah an email uh, with the dating profiles of some of the the uh, the characters, some of the villains. And so I'm killers, going Killers, not villains killers killers okay killers Killings. they're heroes. My my mouth is not working very well today.
0: Um, You're doing great,
1: DGD. But, DVD. but I'm going to read these uh these dating profiles to you. Okay. I I want you to tell me two things. A, I want you to tell me if this you think this is a fair description of their character from okay. what you know so far from okay. playing the main game. And B, I want you to tell us which ally would be the best match for this killer.
5: Oh, my God. <laughs>
1: this is wonderful. <laughs>
5: it's the best part of the show. Do you want me
0: to show you guys the art also? Yeah, okay.
1: yeah. I'll have Don put it up in post as well. Um...
0: Sorry, Gabby and I keep getting <gasps> static shocks. <from> the <laughs> like every time either of us moves, it's very okay. weird. Or she wants to see the drawings. Okay, okay you clearly killed both of us.
2: No. <laughs> Sorry. All right.
1: All right. First off, the trapper. Meet the trapper. He's an apex alpha male and chiseled man mountain, who enjoys killing in caves, beaches, and pools. Put in the work to find the trap door to his heart, and you'll quickly learn why he's worth snaring. Or mess up and become his latest victim. Hell will fun either way.
3: His ab muscles look like <laughs>
5: a white orb from Devil May Cry. It's so funny because, like, he is an imposing character, but he's, like, not ripped like this in Dead by Daylight proper. Like, they're clearly exaggerating things. Um, for sensual and comedic effect which is great um, but yeah I, I, like I, when I think of the Trapper I think of this like silent heavy breathing like sneak up behind you after you get caught in one of my traps type of characters but this guy seems like he's more open about letting everything hang out as you can see in the image.
1: <laughs> yeah and if you're listening uh, he has a, a skin tight swimsuit Bulge, uh, bulge, uh, yeah. um, uh, a skull mask, I suppose, and then just bloody hands. Yeah, and then a lot of uh, scarring and, and like burn marks, I guess, going on there.
5: But I mean, like, obviously, this is Huber's pick, right? Like, top to bottom, there's <laughs> there's no one that this fits more than Huber, I would say.
1: Uh, next up, the Huntress.
5: Huntress is my favorite killer of the game, actually.
1: Nice. The huntress wants it all. Love, family, and someone to help her butcher men in the forest. Is she human? Beast? No idea. But her arms are out of this world. (laughs) Now this lovable squirrel-eating lady is out of the woods and ready to let Cupid's hatchet fly in her new search for companionship. Hmm. And listeners, we have a woman with very large muscles um, and a bunny mask with some blood on the front.
3: Are her ankles okay?
1: Her, her, yeah, they she, are facing she, she, looks like yeah. she looks like she's dancing. She looks kind of like a Spanish kind of dress. She looks like she's of... about to get vecna <laughs>
5: So, I'm supposed to say which ally I think would date this character, right?
1: Yeah. Or, or match up. It could be some other some match other up. form of companionship, I suppose.
5: Blood, I'm actually going to give Huntress to you because oh, okay. I think that your personalities would mesh well. I think, I think Huntress is very uh, focused and very passionate and I think, I think you would enjoy getting into the nitty gritty with her and what I mean by that is like talking <laughs> about hatchet trajectories. I think you'd spend a lot of time talking about hatchet trajectories. <laughs>
1: Uh, And how do you think just this depiction compares?
5: This is completely different from every... Like, I think that's going to be this this thing is it's like... And I think they're doing it purposely, right? Where it's like, this is completely different from everything I know about the Huntress. Huntress does not smile, to my recollection. Huntress would never go like this. Like, Huntress is like... uh, She hunts, right? And is is very serious, uh, very imposing. So this, this is like kind of the inverse of that... Although I like how buff they're making her right here.
1: Yeah, the, the bunny mask reminds me of Bioshock.
5: Sure, yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I had one of those on my desk for a while. They gave me like, from one of the press events, I think Bioshock 2, they gave me like a, like a broken bunny mask foam thing.
5: I wonder what the inspiration behind that the bunny mask
1: is. Hmm. Next up, The Wraith. The Wraith is so much more than pure sex appeal. There's a quiet, inquisitive, sensitive boy underneath that sinewy man. Did that come out super weird? Yes, it did. Are we going to change it? No, because the wraith wouldn't. He'll embrace you no matter how super weird you are, and that's what makes him special. Uh, wait waiting for this art. Sorry, there, I was getting there getting it we to go. The there screen. it is.
5: God, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. One, this art is incredible. That fit, right? Like, just the colors on the trunks and the shirt are amazing. And, like, I have a, I have a soft spot for Wraith, because Wraith is one of those killers that's, like, at a high level is not very good, right? Once you kind mm. of figure out the game, uh, the Wraith is not very imposing. Um, you know, of course, unless you're going against a super, super, super skilled player. But... I love the simplicity of Wraith's design because the way Wraith works for non-Dead by Daylight players is he goes invisible. But the way he goes Mm. invisible is he has to bong this bell. And it's so (laughs) funny. Like, it's not even really scary because you'll be working on a gen or something and then you hear, bong, bong. And you're like, oh, the Wraith is here. (laughs) Um, But uh, something that I like about the Wraith is the Wraith is really a great killer to learn Uh, the game with because he's not that hard to play. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're going against players that don't really know what they're doing, the fact that you can turn invisible is actually very powerful. And so he kind of has a, a nice place in the game. Um... Yeah. again everything about this is not how I would describe yeah, the race
1: so is, is that is his skin that kind of camouflage yeah so he or, has yeah. he
5: has those those
1: markings at least on
5: his face I've never I don't think I've ever seen his
1: whole body his whole like, these brown yeah, and white marks yeah. and then no, I think uh, that's
5: that's extremely accurate yeah
1: kind of like a like a kind of like a aloha kind of shirt and shorts what's a what's the word for that for those shirts Hawaiian Hawaiian <laughs> well, <I thought laughs> no, there, no, for some hoha. reason I thought there was another word for it I don't know sorry uh, no, no, with the no. yeah, or, orange and then green palm leaves. And then, yeah, the shorts are kind of like stretchy shorts.
3: I feel like he's got strong JoJo's Bizarre Adventure energy. Mm. He's got yeah. like a strong step. Yeah. <laughs> and little pose with like the wind, you know, blowing up. Yeah, his, he's tiptoeing. His shirt.
5: Yeah.
0: I can tell you Gabby seems interested. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: Who's not interested, really, is the is the answer. Um, I could definitely, Gabby for sure. <laughs> if that's if that's what she wants, <laughs> I can also see Brad really vibing with oh, this, this energy. Yeah, I see Brad. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, everything about this is giving me Brad vibes.
1: And then uh, the last one that they've got here, the spirit. Now, the spirit isn't your average goth girlfriend with a love for all things ghostly. She's a literal ghost. You can find her hanging in the shade with a stack of classic horror novels. Avoiding whatever lame beach activities everyone else is into. She isn't competing for your heart. If she wanted it, she just cut it out with her katana. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, we've got big hat, big hair, kind of a glow coming from the hair from behind her, her head. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, a kimono with uh, what looks like a swimsuit underneath. And uh, something going on with the legs there. Yeah, she's... Some, like, stone, like, sharp pieces of stone or something along those lines. Yeah,
5: so it's actually cool. In the game, the sword that she attacks with, she, like, pulls it out of her arm. Oh, okay. uh, Which is pretty neat. Because you you don't see it all the time, but then when she swings, uh, it's there. This image basically represents everything that I'm into (laughs) on a personal and emotional (laughs) level. Uh... This is this is this is my vibe <laughs> times one hundred and ten percent.
3: It's funny because I told I talked about how
5: we were mirrors, and yeah. I was thinking the exact same <laughs> thing.
2: Yeah. there you go.
5: Um, and maybe I'm wrong. I could also see Isla being into the spirits. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Oh wait, there's a gap in her leg. Yeah, her leg. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. And her yeah. yeah, and her arm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can actually see the meat and the bone, listeners.
5: Yeah. But uh, it's funny because I this is this really like summarizes the whole thing. I don't like the spirit in Dead by Daylight. I don't think she's fun to play at all. I don't. I think she's super fucking annoying to play against. Immediately, as soon as I play the Dead by Daylight dating game, I am dating (laughs) Spirit,
1: and I, I do. I like mechanically
5: don't like her at all. That's just. But for sure, she's the first pick.
1: Excellent. Ben, there are a lot more killers. A lot more killers. Yeah, I think that's kind of the do you, thing that's just you want to see? Well, I don't know if this is the end. Like, this might just be the right. first set that's revealed. So yeah. who do you want to see?
5: I, I hope there's a lot more. I'm surprised that the survivors aren't in there uh, as well. Like, I thought maybe they do half and half. But, like, Trickster? Like... Look up Trickster, Isla, and tell me, like, how is Trickster not in the Dead by Daylight dating game? (laughs) It's just, like, absolutely bonkers to me. I mean, I think it would obviously be cool if they had crossover characters like Pyramid Head and Nemesis and Leatherface and Freddy and all that stuff, but I'm sure they can't do that. Um, But other killers that would be really, really good, I think the Dredge, which was the most recent killer they added, would be funny. Um yeah, but I, I like I don't understand how Trickster has not been announced. He's he's he looks like he's made for the Dead by Daylight dating <laughs> game. Um, man, who else though would be really really good? Clown would be funny. Clown would be funny. Like I just want to see their anime interpretation of the clown. Yeah, um, for sure. Those are the ones that come to mind. I think um, just maybe for like a Western, like Southern. Hunky killer, um, Death Slinger would be funny as well. <laughs> if you're if you're not familiar with Death Slinger, he's basically like kind of a zombie cowboy.
1: Excellent. Thank you, Ben. That was fun.
5: That was fun. That was a good <laughs> idea. Blood, look at you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, let's get to some actual news from this week. Um, <laughs> Nintendo Direct Mini Partner Showcase. Bit of a mouthful there, uh, but yeah, Nintendo finally had their Summer Direct. Not, not quite what we usually want out of a Nintendo Summer Direct, but uh, they had some good third-party stuff there. Uh, I'll, I'll run through the full list in brief, but we'll focus more specifically on, on some of the bigger bigger or not, maybe not bigger titles, but ones that stood out to me. Uh, they started off with Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak, which you've been playing quite a bit. Balls deep in. Yeah. Uh, we uh, got a reveal of uh, Near Automata on, on Switch. On Switch.
5: Yeah. That's cool. I think they should I think that is awesome that it's coming to Switch. I think they should make a new Nier game.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, uh, and then the first one I focus want to focus on is called Lorelei and the Laser Eyes. Uh, this is coming uh, from uh, the developers of Cyanar Wild Hearts. Oh. Um, and it's uh, it's a murder mystery. It kind of Ben, for, for whatever reason, I don't know why it reminds me of this, but it kind of gives me like those like kind of silver case vibes. Mm. Uh, the whole game is those are strange vibes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the whole game is kind of like black and white, but then with like pink highlights on things. So mm. like a dog's collar will pink be pink, or like some other element will be pink in there. Uh, you're uh, exploring like this old hotel. There's lots of puzzles. Um, they had a lot of quick cuts in the trailer, so it was like really, really interesting to like just stop on a frame. And it's like, oh, what, what is that thing? What is that thing? Uh, and then the description here they have from the email is uh, in *Lorelei* and the Laser Eyes. Players linger in a surreal reality alongside a woman wandering a baroque manor in search of answers to a macabre murder. Along the way, players will encounter a strange cast of characters: a ghost, an illusionist, a black dog that lure them even deeper into the nightmarish, deceptive mystery. Become immersed in a dreamlike world, submerge in an ornate illusion, observe hidden patterns, and untangle the meaning behind puzzling, mind-bending enigmas. So, yeah. Interesting to see where that developer will go. Yeah. Because, like, and Wild Hearts is a very different direction. Also pink, but... Not much else I can say to put the two together.
5: I feel like the world kind of forgot about Cyanar or Wild Hearts, which is a shame because it's such a like beautiful little experience, right? Like just a little tasty treat. And I don't I, know, I, I was hoping
1: so they would make a Sonic game. <laughs> you know? Like there's a there's a template for a Sonic game for you.
5: Yeah.
3: see yeah. the developers of Neon White make a, a Sonic game. That too. <laughs> yeah.
5: Have you played Neon White yet? I've not, no. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's, everything about it seems right up my alley. I wonder if the Neon White team made a Sonic game if they would lean into romantic elements.
0: <laughs> I can ask Ben to do it. It could <laughs> happen. I can ask him. It can Is
1: happen. it that easy? Like you just ask him to do it and then he Yeah, yeah, he does he'll it.
0: just do whatever I say. <laughs> That's not true.
1: Uh, they revealed Super Bomberman R2, which <laughs> I, I don't know that looks any different than Super <laughs> Bomberman. I know they had some other features they announced, but uh create a, create stuff. Oh yeah, you can that create was, like bomber man
4: yeah. maker things, but I mean, now you have a reason why they shut down ours. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's like, ah, there
5: you go. I feel like every move Konami makes is meant to confuse us. Like it seems <laughs> like they get some sort of erotic satisfaction by doing the most out of left field thing. Hmm. Like, hey, we're kind of not making video games anymore, but here is Super Bomberman R2. Like it, it okay.
4: Yeah, we're still making money. So like, they must be reveling in that. Like, I, we do everything yeah, unpredictable that yeah. you don't want, it's, and yet we're making money.
2: It's just completely we feel good random, even yeah. if and, you don't.
3: And then a couple <laughs> months ago, I have nowhere. Oh hey, by the way, here's a Castlevania Advance Collection. Right. <laughs> like, okay, right. wait, what? Right. Konami's still around.
1: Yeah. Uh, speaking of collections, Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection.
5: Yeah, I I have almost no experience okay. with Mega Man Battle Network, uh, which is why I'm so excited for this collection, because it's like. Bam, put everything in like a convenient thing. It is befuddling and nonsensical that they announced this now and it's not coming out until 2023. What is going on? (laughs) Why is that not like an August, September, or October release?
1: Yeah, the list of games on this. Well, it it gets bloated a little bit because they did the Pokemon thing after a couple entries. Yeah. Uh, So you get Mega Man Battle Network, Battle Network 2, 3 White and Blue, 4 Red Sun and Blue Moon, the names get longer as they go too. Five Team Proto Man and Team Colonel, and then six Cybeast Gregar and Cybeast Falzar. So how could
5: you just not be Team Proto Man
1: <laughs> versus Team Colonel, which I, I guess has got to be a character unique to the Battle Network universe? Well, are they
5: talking about the Colonel from the X series?
1: Mm, but Proto Man wouldn't be an X series, would it? No, but maybe
3: maybe they I don't know. <laughs> I mean the the Mega Man Battle Network series is very much its own its own thing. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, I, I know people have been really, really looking forward to, to playing these games again, so you know
5: I I'm i God, I feel like I played that the first looks one. Exactly like the Colonel well not exactly, like but is obviously based off of mm. the Colonel from the X series.
0: Yeah, I, I looked up somebody called kernel.exe. That would I, be it, I have yeah. No sure. idea what I'm yeah. looking at. No,
5: so that, that is that is clearly like the X4 kernel.
1: That's Interesting. funny. Interesting.
5: But yeah, I played the first one, really really liked it, didn't get all
3: the way through it. I was surprised at like how long it felt. Right. And then I was surprised at how many there were, all on the Game Boy Advance. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to to giving these a shot. More of a shot.
1: Yeah. I don't think I've ever really put a lot of time into the that series. I did play the GameCube game, which was weird because it was like... It was like spinning off back into <laughs> traditional <laughs> Mega Man, but then they made it super hard. Um, so, yeah. It's a crazy game.
5: Sometimes Mega Man is some of the most <laughs> difficult video gaming you can experience. Yeah. <laughs> Just um, out of nowhere.
0: Ben, live chat wanted me to show you exe. Oh,
3: cool.
5: They wanted to show me that <laughs> and cause immense lust in my soul. (laughs) Look at that. Look at how sick that I've never seen that in my life. So cool. I feel like... listeners,
0: You'll just have to Google it. I
5: I feel like... I mean, I don't know, but I feel like Battle Network is something I could easily become obsessed with. So, I think that's why I'm... 2023? Really? Like, (laughs) what? Right. Why?
1: Um, Here's another one I haven't played, but it looks actually pretty good. Uh, Pac-Man World Repack. Um, they're they're remaking this game, um, and uh, I actually own Pac-Man World too because they got it for the uh, Pac-Man Versus, which oh. is one of the you know the Game Boy, GameCube yeah. versus game. Um, but there's also controversy because they've replaced Miss Pac-Man with Pac Mom. Have you heard about this? Why?
3: Why? They don't Why? have. I'm pretty sure they there's don't a, have the rights there's to. There's this weird Pac-Man.
1: licensing dispute now. Oh. So if you're not familiar with the story, I'm, I hopefully I don't botch too much of it. But the, the, the short version, kind of. I is. think I. I think I know. Because uh, I, I kind of went over some of this with my my Miss Pac-Man Hall of Greats presentation, <laughs> but so, oh. like, Bandai Namco, licensed Pac-Man to Midway, and then there's. A, like a North American team that created Miss Pac-Man yep and that was a whole other separate game it was not really
5: didn't like college students yes. essentially mod Pac-Man and M- M- that's what M- 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 M-
1: mod boards yeah had. yeah, yeah. 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 and so but somehow in the midst of that like all they did really was you know put, put a bow on Pac-Man <laughs> and, and, and create like little story scenes uh, but Somehow that gave them rights to that character. And it seems like for the longest time that was fine because she'd shown up in other Pac-Man games. She'd shown up in Pac-Man World. And then somewhere in like the past 15, 20 years, um, you know, those rights holders shifted around or whatever. And, and it's become a little bit more of like this legal battle. To where Bandai Namco just kind of doesn't want to acknowledge Miss Pac-Man's existence, so she wasn't in the latest collection, even though she, it's one of the most iconic Pac-Man games. Uh, and now they're replacing her with some woman with a big sun hat.
3: Yeah, I think what what happened was they were there was a standing agreement when they first you know did this whole rights thing with uh, with Midway and the you know the developers of Miss Pac-Man that they would get uh, royalties on every time Miss Pac-Man was in a game after that. Or every time Miss Pac-Man w- had her own game or something, and at some point they just they they found out that Miss Pac-Man was in their own, was in her own game, and they're like, "Hey, uh, we have we have this deal here." And the people at Namco Bandai Namco are like, uh, "All the people who signed that are gone. We had no idea that this actually was a thing." And so I think they just from that then on, you know, decided that Miss Pac-Man was dead.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's weird. There was something too with like one of the the home arcade games. Yeah cost a, a Baker fluffle. Yeah.
0: I just, I'm looking into it too. 2019, a company called At Games, which specializes in mini retro consoles and hand sell, handhelds, released a Miss Pac-Man mini arcade cabinet, and Bandai Namco claimed it never gave permission. And then Bandai Namco sued At Games, who one week later did a deal with GCC, the midway, the company that owns the rights, to acquire the Miss Pac-Man royalties interest allegedly owed to it. So then, since then, Ben and Amco was like, no Miss Pac-Man ever.
1: Oh, so it's when Ag Games got involved and took it from the original creators. It's crazy.
3: It's a wild story. Yeah. There's many YouTube videos about it.
1: (laughs) And it's like, (laughs) the people suffer.
0: This person, this tweet is funny, where they're quoting Talking Heads. It says, you may tell yourself, this is not my beautiful wife. (laughs) 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 Mm -hmm.
5: (laughs) That... Oh, that's like one of my favorite songs of all time. I love that song. Yeah.
0: But yeah, Gabby and I were just talking about how it's like Oedipal, isn't, I mean, obviously they're just yellow circles, but ain't they fucking?
5: Well, wait, sorry, not that song. That, although that is, I was thinking of a different song, but yes, that song is very good. Pac-Man and Ms. Pac-Man?
1: But yes, they, they
5: fucking. They fucking, right? They fucking. Well, they have they, kids
1: in that yeah, game. They, yeah. That's, that's the whole thing. <laughs> they they do replace have kids. The, the parent.
5: And how do you make kids, bud? <laughs> womp Womp has a whole new <laughs> connotation Waka Waka.
0: <laughs> Tends hey. to the Widow Pac Man.
5: Yeah.
4: It's supposed to be Pac Man, and they right. changed the name because they were, the yeah, yeah. would write it it happened anyway
3: <laughs> those darn kids at the <laughs> arcades <laughs> yes. and they their vandalism their, they
2: had
1: their way <laughs> uh, one of the coolest looking games um, is Blanc if, I don't know if you got to look this up it's a yeah, it cool. uh, black and white hand drawn um, you play, at, it's a co-op game, so kind of like It Takes Two. It's, like it, it's designed to be played with two people, whether it's local or online. And uh, there is a wolf cub and a fawn. And basically, the s- snowstorm has separated them from their families, and so you play together um, to, to get through the world and solve puzzles and all that. And so like the wolf cub is smaller, so it can kind of go through like tunnels and small spaces a little more easily, while the fawn can jump higher uh, they also showed, uh, there there's an extended trailer later on that showed, like, uh, the, uh, the Wolf Cove can actually, like, jump on the fawn's back as, like, a platform. Uh, that way, uh, they showed some kind of, like, block puzzles and, and that sort of thing. Uh, it's being published by Gearbox, of all people, um, but it's uh, actually the first title from Cassis Ludi. Uh, who have been, been doing game-related stuff and, like, presentations and kind of art exhibits and things like that uh, since 2014, but this is their first actual, like, playable video game.
5: I have a feeling that the story of that game could end in a very sad way between right. a wolf and a fawn.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. what happens when the fa- If Does the fawn get to the wolf cubs' family first? Right, right. The- <laughs> yeah, which way was it, Fox and the Hound, or was it Bambi,
4: or both? <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: Can you imagine if this... Quaint little black and white game just like ends with the wolf just eating this deer. <laughs> it's just, I super think that's dark. a possibility. Red. Like it goes red. <laughs> yeah, it goes red. Also, they said on online and local co op, which yeah.
1: is cool.
5: Yeah, um, yeah local co op. out. Gives
1: me some journey vibes because they say there's no text. Yeah. Like everything is just uh, visual and context- contextual.
0: And journey, when you eat that guy, it's, you know, pretty visceral.
1: Uh, got a little update on Return to Monkey Island. Sophia uh,
0: told me a sad thing that uh, mm. the guy uh, who made it was blogging and then everyone was harassing him that they didn't like the art. So he was just like, I'm not going to do updates. Ron Gilbert. Yeah.
1: yeah.
3: Yeah. So sad. Not a good day for developers and their fan bases. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. has been some weirdness out there. Um then another big one, uh, Mario and rabbits, uh, Sparks of Hope. Yeah. yeah, dude. Yeah, looks sick. That. Um, uh, go ahead. Good.
3: Oh, I was just gonna say, yeah, they showed off um, a couple of new things. They showed off free control for your for your character. So I imagine it's gonna use like a. Was it uh, Valkyria Prom- Chronicles that did like the the turn-based thing where you can move freely and you had like a. It sure is. Yeah,
4: you had a meter governed how far you could go. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. it's, it's cr- more it's of like a radius like than that. a grid now. Yeah. This yeah.
0: one's yeah, it's like a radius.
3: Um, but yeah, it looks sick. Uh, you can now like you know walk over bob bombs and like pick them up and toss them while you're still in your movement phase the The cool thing about uh, Mario Rabbids, just from like a uh, turn-based strategy perspective, it's like how much you can do in your turn. You can like you know run into someone on your movement yeah. phase, do do some damage. then you get another character that that does the same thing, and then you know, and then after that, you have your your shooting phase where you can like you know put everything together and just clear out a bunch of enemies in in one go. Um, and it looks like they're just doubling doubling down on that, and it looks awesome.
4: Yeah, uh, I watched the. Yeah, Ubisoft presentation did a day after. I don't know why they spaced those out by a day. It, like felt. it that, wasn't
1: super long either, right? No,
4: it was. It was like, like what eight minutes or something hmm. like that. It really should have just been like the same day, like right after. But um, yeah, I broke it down a little bit more in depth. Like the stuff you're doing outside of combat looks very, very engaging, very like cool to me. I mean, they had that stuff in the first one, but I think they're going a little bit further. A lot of puzzles, a lot of interactive elements. Everything doesn't look like corridors and, like, 90-degree angles anymore. It's, like, very open and just looked way more in like just inviting basically then uh, and didn't feel like less like a game board and more like a world is like the best way to put it because the old maps felt very like that style um, and then yeah like the they talked about like the sparks themselves like they add elemental effects to you and so like you want to become like lightning like do a chain lightning attack that like spreads or like freeze people like that's gonna be one of the big dynamics of it and then they had a little bit of a spotlight with uh, the the composers Budworth yeah Yokoshi Memora Gareth Coker and Grant Kirkhope Hope um, getting to, to talk a little bit and they're just being, f- or at least being featured that they're going to be doing their music. And um, yeah, again, it was like, uh, sorry, I forget their name. The person uh, who was presenting the game from was Ubisoft, David Soliani? Uh, I believe so. The one who was like in the original presentation who was like very happy, like when Miyamoto showed up. That's, th- yeah. th- th- they thought they were going to show Miyamoto, but they actually had a. Uh, 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 Takahashi showed up. you Takahashi oh, okay. showed up from Nintendo. Just to kind of repeat what had just been said. It was like, we hope you enjoy it. It felt like it was like meant That's for so a direct. Funny that like, I was like, now
1: you're saying like Nintendo showed up the, at this. Yeah, I was like, was this meant, it the meant for direct? A direct
4: and just like didn't do or something? <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it sounds really good. Um, looks like it's coming together very nicely. And yeah, like story wise, like they showed like you know more of Bowser. Um, the Blade character, the Blade Rabbit, who's like just can do like different stuff. It's like, okay, like, wh- wh- are they a good guy? Are they a bad guy? Like, but they kind of said like this is the final cast there. So, mm. like, Bowser's kind of like replacing DK, I guess, as like the big okay. bruiser type. Um, yeah, and like their ship, like they're just traveling around Does the that ship. Mean and
1: Bowser's going to get a DLC.
4: Maybe <laughs> but like the premises is cool. It's like the worlds because of the, incur- the their exploits in the first game. These worlds are now fused together: the worlds of Mario, oh, wow. the Mushroom Kingdom, and the Rabbit's world. And now they're intertwined. And Curses, kind of like this evil presence, who's like now been thrust into this situation, is looking to like conquer and take over all this so and Curse is a, as someone pointed out it's like a cool name for a villain it just looks kind of like cool like she takes over things with this like dark substance and they become like these evil like like this evil tentacle monster or whatever they're kind of like menacing and boss battles in the original Rabbids games are some of the highlights for that for that game so I'm really yeah. curious to how those are going to play out in this one
3: is Rayman still part of the Rabbids universe not really is, no they there's no possibility of, yeah. of Rayman coming into this they Ta-ha- split ways a
0: while back yeah
4: don't think that i mean i was asking that question the first game yeah so is rayman going to be like a, a, a extra character unlockable wow. dlc and then just seemed content to just not go it. i over think that. it's like oh. a
0: minions situation yeah, where the right. rabbits were just like super popular with people and my poor baby oh, rayman yeah. got oh yeah rabbit
4: mario's voice
1: Oh, so Rabbit Mario. Chris Pratt.
4: And, like, I think the running gag is like, is that Pr- is it Chris Pratt? Is this, like, a joke about it? Because it sounds different from Mario. And it's like, he's, you know, he's also wearing, wielding dual laser, uh, like, laser guns, kind of like Star Lord. Like, What's going on here? Uh, like, yeah, we're hitting a little close to home here. But, I mean, the comedy looks like it's going to be there. I mean, if they have anything like that uh, opera boss battle with, like, Kirk yeah. Hope's, like,. Opera song parody he did there. Like, man, there's so
3: many highlights in that first game. So,
4: definitely glad it's making
3: out this year. It should be, he should be the only rabbit that speaks full English and it should be voiced by the guy who did Star Lord in (laughs) Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, (laughs) That would be good.
0: AJ does the voice match for Chris Pratt in some games, like Lego and um, the Jurassic World Evolution 1 and 2. We could get him to do it. I'll ask him. He'll do it. <laughs>
4: also loved how uh, Rosalina Rabbit is like this, like, uh, don't want to do anything. Don't want to be here. She's got like a stitched, like, luma next to her. She's like, okay, I'm going to do this. So, like, I don't know. Like, they do a really good job of the personalities. Like, the the Rabbit personality being like this, like, opposite, you know, kind of like right. the, yeah, antithesis of their, their human counterparts. And then uh, October twentieth,
1: I think it's a good date.
4: Yeah, yeah. October. A lot of games coming, More out, games coming out this year. Woo. <laughs> Don't
5: delay, October. please.
0: Yeah, I have ah. this on my fantasy critic team. I hope it is good.
5: I think this is a good pick.
0: It was my third yeah. pick.
1: That's, that's <laughs> they thought I was crazy. Pick. Yeah, that's. I, I agree. It's, it's, it's not going to get messed up. I yeah. really would have a hard time seeing that thing going below expectations. Uh. Little Noah, Scion of Paradise. Uh, I'm not sure if there's a shadow dropped or I just never heard of it before. Um, but uh, it was a cool looking little game. Uh, it's a side scrolling action platformer. Um, and then you have uh, these kind of like this team of minions going along behind you uh, called uh, Lilyputs. It uh, looks like you can have five at a time and that you can like find 40 of them. Um, but I've, I've seen some people that picked it up and have pretty good impressions of it. They've been. Enjoying playing it since since the direct. I don't know if you had anything more to to no, add I, to I, that. I, I like yeah. this one. Yeah, um, look nice and cool. There's a shadow drop. I mean,
4: games that like kind of like grab at you, but more like like so like, they look like they're smaller scale. I think it's a smart idea to like that should be coming out pretty soon, not 2023 like Mega Man. Beth. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, what a perfect setup and whoops with,
1: <laughs> um, just for Don. Rail grade. <laughs>
0: yeah, I thought of Don immediately when this I saw that.
1: crazy, the- like, post-apocalyptic future train sim game. Sounds <laughs> awesome.
0: Yeah, I was like, this is an island downstream for sure. He's cutting the... Th- I don't know if I'm sa- we're going to say what he's cutting, but he's cutting, so he's not listening right now.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, you're basically just building railways to get materials delivered to industries in a timely manner, it sounds like there's like specific missions and all that kind of thing. But it's just, like, it's very complex looking. Some of the 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 structures that they have going on in there, and then it's also like graphically looks pretty good. Like usually, like train games are fairly simple looking, and this is this is pretty shiny and reflective. Big old yeah. zeppelins. Yeah. Um, RPG time The Legend of Bright uh, which we won't really get into too much but it looks cool yeah
0: I thought this was out already or maybe it's just coming to Switch because I played this at IndyCade like maybe. four years ago it could be one Same of those thing. yeah
1: yeah. Uh, but then uh, Sonic Frontiers we gotta talk a little bit about they finally showed Cyber World
3: yeah finally
1: <laughs> <laughs> which is only a joke to the three of us in this room. yeah
3: <laughs> Uh, Yeah. Uh, So for those that don't know, I I did uh, the IGN first coverage for Sonic Frontiers. So I actually played this build back in mid-May. So, like, finally finally being able to talk about cyberspace... You know, in the face of like thousands of Sonic fans that have been, you know, hitting up my Twitter <laughs> asking me about it, uh, it's very liberating. Uh, but yes, yeah, cyberspace is a thing that exists. It's, uh, you know, the I think essential second part of Sonic Frontiers that people need to know about because there it is this, you know, predominantly this open world or this open zone, uh, sorry, uh, Sonic game. But then within the open zones are these like. Uh, thrones basically that you can go to, and each of them is tied to its own uh, traditional linear boost-focused sonic level, and they're pretty good. Um, you know, I had a great time with them. I remember at SGF uh, after Ben finished his uh, his demo with it, he like came over to me. He was like, "Mitch, I get it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm 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 glad that you know people got to get it. It was a very small bit of it. I actually played right. four of those levels um, in my demo. Um, I think they only showed two of them. I, actually, I have a video up where I uh, go into a little more detail in a Q and A format. Um, but yeah, you know it's it's more than just the open world. It, it's still the Sonic that I think people love and I think people are going to react very strongly to. Um, the levels are a little short, but, you know, I think that's by nature of the fact that they're not meant to, to shoulder the entire experience. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still excited for Sonic Frontiers. I think it's going to be a, a pretty good game.
1: Yeah. well, And probably replayable too, right? You, you get ranked at the end or anything? Yeah, yeah. So the
3: big thing about it is that, uh, you, get, you know, in traditional Sonic format, you get a letter grade at the end of every, uh, every run. But then there's also these five goals that are mm. tied to a vault key. So, you know, you want to replay the levels, get all those vault keys because those vault keys are what unlock Chaos Emeralds. Um, so there's like a really good flow to the the gameplay formula of like, you know, going through the open world, uh, solving puzzles to unlock more of the map, using the, the expanded map to find the cyber world levels. Playing the cyber world levels to unlock keys, and then you know going to, to find the the chaos emeralds. What happens when you collect the seven chaos emeralds? Who knows? Probably supersonic, but you know <laughs> we we no one's played that far yet. Probably supersonic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, ben, ben, you have any any thoughts to add since you you got to play a little bit too?
5: Uh no, I think Mitch did a, a good job, and he's seen more of it than I have. I I, I just want to state how frustrating it is to not have that be part of the initial coverage because I think it it is really a core part of how they're designing this game is that you have these two components that are interlinked and so by not being able to talk about it immediately I think you, people aren't getting like the best impression of what this game is uh, in a way that that's frustrating and like I don't know why they did it this way.
0: Yeah, when you guys told me that we couldn't talk about that until whenever. And I was like, isn't everyone like super pissy at this game? And wouldn't this kind of like alleviate that? Like, why are they holding this until no one will care later down the road? It was so odd.
5: You only get one chance to make a first impression. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Like, why? Well, apparently, not they were
1: holding it because it's in a Nintendo Direct.
0: Not worth it, bro. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: I saw a little bit more of Disney Dreamlight Valley. I don't have much more to say there, but that game looks good. Uh live Alive uh, got a demo.
5: Yeah. Oh, I need to I need to download that. Me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that game looks so sick.
1: Yeah. Just just a month away for that. Yeah. Um Doraemon Story of Seasons. <laughs> There's another one of those. Uh, I don't remember if they've come out in English before, but they yeah, have, friends yeah. of the Great Kingdom.
5: Yeah, the Doraemon Story of Seasons has come out in English.
1: Uh if you're if you're not aware, it's basically a, a harvest moon game with Doraemon stuck in it. Uh, Minecraft Legends had a trailer, uh, but then Dragon Quest Treasures. Uh, we need to watch this trailer. Which we botched. We botched because we thought for some reason that it was like some port of a mobile game, <laughs> and I went back and watched it afterwards. And it's just it's just something about the HUD hmm. that like gives me that vibe. What what is know?
5: this game?
1: It feels sort of like, uh, and some people have like said this as well that it it's it kind of like playing off of the Dragon Quest monsters. Mm. Uh, template and may have even originally started as that and then they kind of reworked it into this but yeah so you kind of have like the monsters as your companions and then you're going around the world like looking for treasures Uh, and there's sort of like radars pointing you in different directions but you can use like a slime you can use as like a like a boost pad, like a springboard. You can jump on the slime and it'll bounce you up a cliff. That's great. Um, there's a dracky that you use as a glider, like Breath of the Wild okay. style, but it can flap to like gain a little bit of altitude. Oh, you're getting me excited! <laughs> and then, the, yeah, you're like just some of the bigger monsters. Like you like just ride them as mounts. Yeah. All across the world and stuff. Cool.
5: That sounds extremely jolly.
1: Yeah. So definitely seems cool. I don't know exactly how you'll go about finding and collecting the monsters or, like, really what the goal is of the treasures. Like, that's one of the things, again, like, that kind of struck me and, like, turned me off for a bit was just, like, just seeing this, like, oh, you collected, you know, whatever, you know, Dragon Quest artifact and there's this, like, this gigantic number of gold that it's worth, Mm -hmm. you know, on the screen. It's like, why do I care? Mm -hmm. Why do I care about getting this treasure? I'm not sure. Uh, but I think the the actual core gameplay of going out and exploring the world and, and using the monsters seems cool, for sure. Oh, uh, real time combat as well. Oh. Um, hmm. Which w- worth noting.
5: Huh. Yeah. I mean, Builders also has real time combat,
1: and it's the
5: worst part of the game, <laughs> for sure. So I don't know how I feel about that.
1: Yeah. Uh, December 9th. That one's coming out. Oh. Hmm. Uh, there was a quick montage that had uh, Fire Emblem Warriors, No Man's Sky, uh, Plague Tale, Requiem's getting a cloud version on Switch. <laughs> Got our one cloud representative there. Uh, Captain Velvet Meteor, the Jump Plus Dimensions, which I don't know a lot about. I think that was in the montage as well. Um, and then uh, the Portal Com- Companion Collection is on the way. Uh, was out. It's out. Oh, that's right. They that's dropped the other shadow it. drop, right? Yeah, yeah, they dropped. Yeah. Uh, and then the the other big one is Harvest Stella, which I, did you get to watch the trailer for? I that have one? not, I have uh, not watched it yet. Yeah, I love. You can bring it up on screen because we're gonna put yeah, it on it for, cool. the, for the, uh, yes, the podcast. This, I am color this me intrigued. This is like Square Enix's take on Rune Factory, Ben. <laughs> yeah, that's um,
5: that's what somebody said. I was like, yeah, okay, in. Or they said Rune Factory with a budget was <laughs> Rune <interesting laughs> Factory Yeah, I'll you know, I can see that. Well. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean this this isn't a game or a genre really that I have much experience in, but looking at this, you know, definitely piqued my interest.
5: It very much feels like the the bravely or octopath art style to me your yeah. character design. So yeah, that's so you've got
1: the growing crops and all that, and and yeah, we got some vegetable some muffin, my we favorite. Got a really uh, interesting map that look has those a blur effect. But yeah, and then yeah, we, then you get into combat. Um,
5: the combat actually looks decent. Yeah, that's encouraging.
1: And this yeah. is another thing that I find interesting oh, is that my. you go to other towns, so you have like oh, look a look larger large. world to explore for sure.
5: Well, this looks better than, like, I was already interested, but this looks even better than I was expecting.
1: And then, um, they have the different seasons, but then they have this thing called Quietus that happens. It's like meteor shower, uh, which interrupts the cycle and threatening the crop, like, all your crops wither, and it's, like, threatening all life. So, like, I don't quite understand how this plays in. So, like, I don't know if, like, you get, like, a Quietus every once in a while, and then you've got to counteract it, and then you go back to your farm, or or, or what? But it's, it's an interesting take on that.
5: That's actually something that I really, really, really like about Rune Factory, the fact that it's not just town and farm management, that you have this whole adventure RPG to kind of mix things up, I think makes it uh, more enjoyable. So this looks sick.
1: November 4th. That art
5: is gorgeous.
1: Yeah, the art is really good, the key art.
3: Yes. So, as someone who's not familiar with Rune Factory, where does where like when you you look at that, where do you think the the, the farming aspect of it plays into how how does how does this come together as a game? Is is my question?
5: Right. So, uh, farming, right? Like, it all plays into the economy, right? So you mm. need a way to make money, right? And then you use that for different things like upgrading buildings or whatever, right? Or or like making farming ingredients to cook things to like put into a competition or to give someone as a gift um to help out a relationship so that's that's how it can bleed over into the rpg side right Uh, like maybe you can like it crafting for healing or stamina recovery or any of that stuff so it can that's how it can bleed into like when you go into a dungeon, like having resources, or equipment, or materials, or that sort of thing. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, and, and one of the things they're saying here too is kind of, you know, the other side of that too is that you go out there, you know, and you go into dungeons and, and you get materials that you use to build up your town. Yeah. So, it very cool. Awesome. Yeah. And then they close it off um, with Persona 3, 4, and 5. Imagine the impact
3: <laughs> of this announcement had Xbox. I was not just going to say that very same thing. <laughs> not already done this.
5: Yeah. I mean, while this is good news, right? It feels like this should have happened First? like three years ago. You know right. what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when they announced that Joker would be in, in Smash. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
5: It, it yeah. like cool that it's happening, but it, it does feel pretty late in the game.
1: Yeah. Uh, I still though regardless of that I, I think that might be the go-to platform for me you know oh that makes sense yeah. you know because yeah. unless they really blow it somehow you know, which could happen it happens a lot with you know porting games mm-hmm. um, I just feel like the Switch would be an, an, an easy platform to, to grab that on yeah and it shouldn't be a big downgrade I don't foresee it no. being a big downgrade so no Yeah.
5: keep in mind there's a PS3 version of Persona 5
1: so. Yeah, exactly. You know, and the other games, you know, were PS2 games, so.
5: I am happy for Nintendo owners.
1: There is
3: no way I am playing Persona 5 again. <laughs> <laughs> I only have so many
1: hours oh, to Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not playing Persona 5 again, mm-hmm. but I'm saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, A, I haven't played Wario, so maybe on the fence on that. But three and four I've never played, so. Yeah, yeah. Also this week, uh, Skate put out a quick pre-pre-pre-alpha trailer. <laughs>
5: it <laughs> it was very much I, like i don't know exactly what caused this but the whole vibe of it was like Please leave us alone. We promise we're still working on the game. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I kind of, I kind
3: of like, admire that, uh, you know, that stance from development to, oh, to be sure. okay yeah. with showing something in such an early state. Right. Um, you know, it still looks cool from from what they showed. Like, the the mocap looks amazing. You know, yeah. the way, like, the, the board hits the rail and, like, it transitions to different grinds. Yeah. It I mean, all looks it, really promising.
5: Yeah, exactly. You hit the nail on the head. Like, animation... And flow is, like, one of the most important things. And so no matter how it looks, right, you could still get a sense of how that animation is coming together.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they uh, they seem to show in some of those shots, like, a lot of people playing at the same time. So I don't know if there's, like, a bigger multiplayer element that they're working on there.
5: That's, like, a thing in Skate 3 where, mm-hmm. like, your friends list will populate the world. So sort Got of like it. a fourth Forza avatar right, right, right. kind of thing. Yeah,
1: um, and then at the end they're inviting people to come uh, sign up to play anyway. and give feedback. When that when that will happen, I think I'm not you sure. See
5: other people in Skate Three. I hope I'm remembering that correctly. But mm. sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah, so they're basically giving people a place to sign up for whenever betas or testing or whatever they do happens. There's a sign up. Page, give me the code for that. <laughs>
5: Even though I won't be here, give me the code. And the good news
3: is, is that if you're wrong about that, you don't have to answer
5: for corrections. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, the, uh, like, you. Did, it's key through. There's definitely like NPCs and stuff wandering around, but I feel like there is like a drive tar kind of thing. Hmm. I don't know. I let me know if live chat has <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> any corrections. No, I'll check. Uh, we didn't have a chance to dig into this today, but One Piece Odyssey released an 11 minute oh, dev yeah. diary. Oh, so That really digs into the gameplay and combat systems and everything. So if you're curious, go check that out. It looks
3: like Dragon Quest meets One Piece, and I cannot wait.
5: It's kind of crazy how Dragon Quest XI-y it looks. right?
1: Yeah. Well, the developer worked on uh, Dragon Quest XI as well. I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that. (laughs) It's a 14. Uh, In the past week, Stadia has launched 50-plus new click-to-play trials. Uh, Some games from 30 minutes to two hours. uh, You don't even need an account. So if you've been wondering about that Stadia, and you don't want—is
5: there anything super off note on that list?
1: Um, there are definitely a lot of smaller games, but yeah, there's there's some some bigger st- stuff too. I don't have it off the top of my head, sure. but I like I think you could like jump in and play uh, to like the beginning of like Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Yeah,
5: I, Assassin's uh, Creed was what came to mind because I know they pushed Odyssey pretty hard at the beginning yeah. of Stadia.
1: Uh, from Software has uh, mentioned that they are in the final stages of development uh, of an unannounced title. Uh, and They're also recruiting people for other games that they're working on.
5: An Elden Ring dating game. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Hey, I would play that.
5: Yeah, a lot of, yeah, a
1: lot of, of course. Elden a lot of Ring people,
0: is a dating game.
1: A lot of people banging that Armored Core drum. Probably, I mean, It's probably yeah. Armored Core.
5: Yeah, I feel like every time there is a new From announcement that this time
0: happens. though yeah, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> yeah it's Bloodborne 2 you guys come on uh,
1: Gotham Knights released another character trailer this time for Robin I didn't see anybody talk about it after
5: <laughs> boy Gotham uh, Knights has had a rough go of it
1: yeah uh, but you hope see hope that him, game is good yeah you see him using gadgets basically uh, teleporting creating decoys he uses an extendable quarterstaff kind of bends a bit too Smurf's card is on the way this winter what did you just say? Smurfs cart.
5: Oh, oh cart. <laughs> I thought you said guard. Like. And for that reason, I'm out. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: WW2K22 is adding Doink the Clown, <laughs> Ronda Rousey, Mr. T, the British Bulldog. Is it Ronda Rousey or Roosie? It's Rousey. Rousey. <laughs> okay. uh, Dewdrop, I think. Dewdrop, yep. yeah. And uh, Rick Boogs or Boggs. Boogs, okay.
3: Yeah, that's yeah, that's how he says it when he. Comes that's a
1: crazy, out it's a crazy lineup. Yeah, it's a crazy mix up of of characters.
5: I, I've been on the precipice of getting into wrestling for like years. I, I feel and so, like
3: every time I, I talk to Ben, he's like, I think I'm gonna get into wrestling. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's it's,
5: it's pretty, pretty much been that state for like four years now. But now that I. And leaving, maybe I'll have more this time. time. This time, <laughs> yeah, because I want to because you're super into it, like right. Yeah. Uh, so I'd love to have that conversation with you,
1: yeah. Uh, this is one I went on a, a rabbit hole on that nobody will care about, but, anyways, uh, <laughs> Polish video games group 1C Entertainment announced today that it is changing its name to Fulcrum with a Q, oh. uh, signifying. New plans for the future uh, following its acquisition by Tencent uh, in November 2021. Uh, ah, Tencent. And so the reason that I went down this rabbit hole, right, is so I had met with 1C like various times over the years. They'd come to game trailers. Um, they had uh, us meet with them multiple times at Gamescom. But it's every time I had met them with them, it was like, these are Russian guys. Yeah. And for them to be described as a Polish developer, I was like, okay, what? what's happening here? What was even funnier is because of this name change, everything that I was trying to go to today, like the Twitter page was gone. The the Steam page for the publisher was gone. Like everything had just basically changed when they announced it. Like so, but what it seems like here... Hold, hold
5: on a second, Blood. Yeah. I have this very vague memory of this, these guys coming in at Game Trail yeah. to show us a game. It was like some playing game? Like maybe it was a dog fighting Il game? Il
1: okay. L2 I think. And yeah.
5: I think they left us a bottle of vodka.
1: I have two bottles of Siberian vodka in my cupboard that I've never opened that are both they, from this publisher. Okay. They did, like, their version of, like, E3, their game showcase
4: in San Francisco, the Russian consulate. Like you. Oh, w- w- so, like, yeah, I didn't I w- go to that I, w- one. I, w- I went to that one. Okay. I went there and, like, oh, you're on Russian soil. I'm like, oh, okay, funny. Uh-huh. I get it. <laughs> but, like, whatever. And, like... So yeah, I'm kind of curious to hear the story, Blood. So
1: kind of okay. So here's where things go around. So, uh, so basically, they had purchased uh, a company called Sinega Publishing that was based in the Czech Republic, and then that became One C Entertainment, and that happened in uh, 2005. They made this publish. They made this that purchase. So since then, it seems like 1C Entertainment kind of took over the face of the company. Uh, and then last November is when Tencent uh, began the, the acquisition and that went through in February. Uh, and it looks like the original 1C still exists in Moscow. Um, and so that to me seems to be like why like, this name change had to happen. is because they had to like separate the original Russian 1C from the 1C Entertainment which is now Fulcrum. But it's so bizarre to me because it seems like Fulcrum got, like, all of those rights or other <laughs> okay. publishers got right Because, like, uh, I think, like, right Orchestra is, like, it's under Tripwire now. So it just, it's all weird and it's crazy. Uh, and I think, you know, and then part of this, obviously, is because you know, nobody wants to do business with Russian companies right now. So just, like, separate us from that whole mess as quickly as we can. Because mm. uh, I think once the entertainment even got, like, some sanctions put against it. So craziness uh blizzard announced they're planning to acquire a spellbrook developer spellbreak developer uh the proletariat uh and that was announced shortly after it was announced that spellbreak will shut down in 2023 uh the 100 person team will now be working on wow uh which isn't too much of a surprise because they've already been working uh with blizzard since may um and uh if you're not familiar with Spellbreak? That was oh, yeah. a wizard-based battle oh, royale. Wow. Yeah. Huber and I played it once. Yeah.
0: There's something very ironic to me about Blizzard Activision <laughs> buying the proletariat. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh,
1: and then Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin is getting its first expansion, Trials of the Dragon King. First yeah. expansion on July 20th. A warrior of a Light key art. Yeah. <laughs> Hype. It's time for love and respect. Love and respect. respect.
3: I always wanted to do that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) From Zach Wojnar, my mouth is not working. Uh, They just announced Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection. I am mad. I don't give a good gosh darn about Battle Network. I don't care about classic Mega Man. I don't spare a second thought for your precious Mega Man X. I don't even know what ZX is, but that has a collection. There's only one Mega Man I care about, and that's Mega Man Legends. Is anyone else as outraged as me that every other Mega Man series gets a collection before Legends? Bonus question, are there any other game series where you prefer a spinoff over the original?
3: I, I never played Mega Man Legends. <laughs> I was an N64 boy and never went back to... Mega uh, Man Legends is on 64. Man oh, 64.
1: is it? Well, well N 64, knew. yeah. 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 Uh,
5: I mean, y- no. There's no one upset about... Mega Man Legends—that was never a thing. <laughs> Mega Man, the Mega Man Legends three controversy didn't happen. Um, I mean, F- Mega Man Legends is two games, right? So it's not—it's not as expensive as some of the other ones. But as far as like things coming around, they keep.
1: There's also the Trombon.
5: There's also tr- yeah, there yeah. is also Trombon, right? But I'm saying like specifically Legends games. Um, there's only two of them, uh, not counting the Misadventures of Trombon, but. Before we had the Battle Network collection, there were a lot of people beating the drum of, please do a Battle Network collection, please do a Battle Network collection, and that eventually happened. And, you know, for various reasons, uh, having to do with licensing, getting Mega Man Legends 2 originally on the PlayStation Network was an uphill battle, but they eventually not only got Mega Man Legends 2 on there, they got Misadventures of Trombon. And so there there is signs of hope I think, for some sort of Legends Collection, particularly now with PlayStation Plus and its expansive, more expansive catalog than in the past. And so, like, these things take a while. Again, doesn't make any sense that we have to wait until 2023 for the Battle Network Collection. <laughs> but I do think there is hope that maybe somewhere down the line 2024, 2025, maybe even end of 2023, who knows, that you could see Legends Return in some form or another. Maybe not necessarily a collection, but to have it appear. I think it's totally possible.
3: And for the second part of that question, um, like, you know, I wouldn't say I prefer it to the the main line, but I would love to see another Melior Rising. I mm. would love to see another Mortal Kombat Shaolin Monks. Um, yeah. Those those would be like the two that only got one off, and I think deserve more.
5: Well, I understand this email asker's frustration that they're not being more Mega Man Legends did he really have to go out of his way to shit on other (laughs) great Mega Man series (laughs) like what the what the hell dude
4: (laughs) but yeah you speak my
1: language there with Melgar Rising that is uh, the the announcement I am waiting for
4: (laughs) is for that sequel to happen someday
1: Um, not a totally serious answer either but uh, from our from our bonus or not bonus but from our stream on uh, Tuesday Puzzle Fighter
5: (laughs) (laughs) And They seem yeah. weirdly content with just occasionally re releasing Puzzle Fighter, but not doing a new one. Right. You know what I mean? And what about Pocket Fighter, man?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Pocket I Fighter was, was sick. That yeah, was fun. That was really fun. We yeah. had a good time. Yeah, there's the way that, like, the different cameos and stuff that would pop out when you do special yeah. moves. Yeah. Uh, from Faraz Rizvi I'm surprised there's so little backlash for the direction of Final Fantasy 16. Final Fantasy is the premier JRPG franchise, and 16 is throwing all that away to become a character action game. Final Fantasy is my favorite series, and I didn't come for the DMC-style action. It's for the JRPG vibes of adventuring with your party. To me, it's like if Street Fighter VI became a point-and-click adventure game. (laughs) Why couldn't this departure have been a spin-off rather than changing the whole genre of the series? Do you think I'm being unfair, or is the series just not for me anymore? It just makes me sad what I liked about Final Fantasy is eroding, even when Final Fantasy VII Remake nailed the party-based combat.
5: Wait, so this guy is the first person in the world that's gotten to play Final Fantasy Sixteen? I was about to say, one. Like, how did you yeah. hook that up? You got to play it? Like, you you can go into detail about how everything that's in the game? Like, that's crazy. I don't want to know who you work for and how you got that yeah. access.
4: Uh. Sorry if i jump to the conclusion. I feel like they're conflating two different issues there. Real-time, like, the character action style combat, but then the end of that was lamenting, like, the party system. Mm. And uh, because I was going to say, like, well, Final Fantasy XV was also a real-time combat game. It wasn't quite character action, but it also did that. There's also the Tales of series. There's also Star Ocean that is real-time, like, char- oh, like not yeah. quite character action, but very action-heavy. Um, and there really haven't been jrpgs that have been trying to do what this game is doing so to me this is the argument against is that you have plenty of great jrpgs that have done turn-based have done all this stuff i understand you're upset that the next final fantasy is not doing turn-based or is not doing your traditional party-based system but i mean give it a chance before I, i it's okay to be disappointed right now based on what you're seeing but like don't write it off and like don't give it a chance like right off and not give it a chance before you even get a chance to like maybe play it if they put out a demo like i don't know there, there there's i don't know the nicest way to say this but like the pedigree behind this team almost like demands that i feel like you're kind of like crazy if you don't give this game a chance. Like, yeah. it, it's so, because mm. if you love, the other tenets of of RPGs is, like, the storytelling and, like, the the world-building system, and they have knocked it out of the park with their efforts in the past, um, Creative Business Unit 3 with the 14 and the Heavensward team specifically, which is working on this game, and I, like, you're gonna get that in spades. I feel very good saying that, and it's like, they brought over Devil May Cry's battles to some person, so like it's gonna be really good combat too. And they even said there will be AI party members who will step in, and you'll have a we will have a party it's just because it's character action. They don't want you focusing on so many different things. Like again, I I'm, it's speculative, but like just wait till you play it, and it's like, I yeah, I, I guess this is like when I get weirded out when people get like negative about something. Or when I get to give it something, this is me now getting like, yeah, why are you being so negative about this? Because you haven't even gotten to
5: play it yet. I don't know. I I don't mean to be rude, but I think it needs to be said. It, I feel like this, this person doesn't necessarily have a great grasp on Final Fantasy and why it's been so enduring and why it is a premier uh, RPG franchise. It's it's specifically a premier RPG franchise because it relentlessly completely changes its formula over the decades. As mm-hmm. RPGs grow, so does Final Fantasy. That has been consistently true from its very inception all the way to today. So it changing is actually the most Final Fantasy <laughs> thing it can do. That's that's a fact. That is just that is just what Final Fantasy has done pretty much from the inception. Even if you look at Final Fantasy 1 to Final fantasy 2 those are dramatically different games Mm. and and like it's so funny because i feel like each time with final fantasy there's kind of this cycle where like it changes people go oh my god how did it why did it change why is this so bad and and then eventually it gets appreciated (laughs) right and so like it not everything is going to be for you and i understand that but What Final Fantasy is doing is not, like, some sort of sacrilege to its name, (laughs) particularly when we haven't gotten a chance to play it. Now, it may come out, and it may suck. That may totally be true, but I don't think there's any reason to be so dismissive or judgmental before we've actually gotten a chance to play it.
4: I mean... Yeah, best point. Like the the cycle, there's like not everything. It's not every Final Fantasy game was for everybody, but there always will be another one. In fact, you're probably while they don't come out as frequently, you're still getting a lot right now. Um, You have sixteen, and if if this is not your cup of tea, just like based on it, the consolation i can offer you is that rebirth is on the horizon too like right shortly after that and that's going to be more of the same of remake so if you like that type of battle system that type of party system you are getting that um and uh, and if not there will be a final fantasy 17 at some point like you could probably count on that and like who knows what they might do with that and it's, it's
5: yeah it's just ironic like the peak of irony that they reference Final Fantasy 7 Remake in their own email because this exact type of cynicism was present with the Final Fantasy 7 Remake combat as well where people are like oh my god I can't believe you're changing it like this is this is so ridiculous how could you ever do this and then this person in the email who is doing the very same thing is saying wow they really nailed it with Final Fantasy 7 Remake it's just like come on come on <laughs> I also think that
3: Weirdly enough, Final Fantasy VII remakes combat is very character actiony. <laughs> oh, absolutely! I mean, oh, there's sure. there's so,
5: there's elements for sure.
3: Yeah, um, I mean, you know, I, I can understand like you know, love growing up loving a uh, a franchise, and you know, Final Fantasy has been moving towards this like action oriented combat system for for quite a while now. Um, but you know, you can always get on the Dragon Quest chain which is you know a, a series kind of that's defined where whereas Final Fantasy is defined as like you know d- substantial evolutions in the formula that kind of eventually veer it in a different way you know Dragon Quest kind of keeps very similar with with each iteration
5: um so you know maybe play a, a Dragon Quest game or something Blowers, <laughs> do I I have a question does the email use the the phrase turn-based combat uh
4: maybe i misinterpreted it they just called out character action or whatever they they described 16's combat system. So yeah, like, I don't think it does. Okay. So you read between the lines with that that oh. they probably mean not that. Just mm-hmm. Yeah, some form of turn based or hybrid like I mean, yeah, I mean that's what Tales Of is. It's like other characters are just doing random actions set by AI. I mean, you but you do button inputs, but it works on MP and all that uh, systems. But like I don't know, like just the like yes, it's character action, but like the fantasy element and the job system, like a hint of job system are still present here. And I think j- to me when you talk about Final Fantasy, like one of the things that comes to mind is job systems and how you are going to be able to change jobs or how different characters jobs will work and the icon stances, mm-hmm. whatever they're going to end up being called that you change between and like your move set changes about that and like there seems to be some kind of like fl- flow and rhythm to that. I mean, it seems like it's gonna like still embrace those kind of tropes and themes, even though it's gonna be like real time. And I have to imagine that it probably hasn't been revealed yet. There's probably like the normal version of this and there's probably like a half step measure. Right. Kind of like what fifteen did where they added it was either in the original version, or they added it later, the pseudo turn based or whatever right. where player, Seven think, has that too. Seven though. has and it seven has it too. Has yeah. it too. Like they That's have been I, I imagine there'll be like some kinda like slowdown mode where it's like, all right, like the character the enemy will wait for you to wind up and do your thing before they start trying to block or something, just to like get you acclimated to it. I know that's not exactly what it is, but I mean, I don't think they're gonna throw you right into the deep end with this game and just be like, "There you go!" Like you coming off the last three games.
5: I also, I also think it's, I, I'd like bewildered right now because, mm-hmm. while again, th- this game could be a total mess. I'm, I'm very open to that possibility. Right? You look at Final Fantasy XIV, which by the fact of it being an MMO is very not traditional Final Fantasy, but perhaps has a better understanding of what makes Final Fantasy special than, like, any Final Fantasy game in a long time. And with Yoshi-P also being behind 16, I I, I very much think this game at least deserves a chance. Like, all this doom and gloom is, like, it's so frustrating when it's completely out of hand. Right, and it's, Mitch, like, you went through this with Sonic Frontier, right, where, like, and, and I even felt this way, where right? it's like, oh, this game doesn't look great, but when you play it, you have this whole new appreciation for it. Like, just, just calm down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then to close it, they said, uh, also for Ben, thank you for Tabletop Adventures. I always liked game trailers, uh, but Tabletop is a show that made me fall in love with GT and EZA. Uh, there's still moments from that series which I'll remember more than any movie or TV show.
5: Well, now I feel bad for going so hard. <laughs> I know.
0: I was like, Aww. I was waiting for blood to read the second <laughs> half of I was like, we're reaming this guy. Oh, so
1: good. Well, no, let's play again. Uh, from Joseph Caruso.
0: Which is like, what the hell?
1: <laughs> I'm just doing he. You got like, a warning. You got a warning. <laughs> Uh, Relatively old or relatively new, Uh, a few months ago I submitted a game about our relative perception of time on game releases. It was a bit confusing, uh, but the panel and viewers seemed to enjoy it, so this time I'm going to try to simplify things. The goal of this game is for us to recognize the phenomenon of time moving faster as we age. For example, it may sound reasonable that it's been almost 15 years since Mario Galaxy released, but it might feel uncomfortable when you realize that Mario 64 was only about 11 years old when Mario Galaxy released. So I'm gonna mention two games at a time, and it's the panel's job to guess which time gap oh, okay. is okay. bigger: the time between now I feel
0: like I've and the done more this re-
1: game, I yeah. So this game. is yeah, you, we really we last time.
0: It, it had weird, confusing terms before. Yeah,
1: so we basically just identify the gap: the gap between the time now and the more recent release, or the t- time gap between the two games. Um, and then these are going by North American release dates uh, on their original platforms and only going by the year. So you don't have to worry about months or anything like okay. that. Rock Band 4 and Rock Band 1.
5: It's been a long time since Rock Band 4. we
3: So we're guessing the, the amount of time between Rock Band 4 and Rock Band 1? Uh, well, which which, is which been, gap
5: is longer? The long time between Rock Band 1 and Rock Band 4, or the time between Rock Band 4 and now? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I got it. I got it. I'm going to say relatively new on that one. Um,
0: you remember the old terms.
1: Well, that's, oh, the, that's the new that's term. That's the new term.
5: Oh,
0: okay. okay. Oh, yeah,
1: I forgot what the terms mean now. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't worry about that. I would just say which ones. Okay. So which which is the shorter, them. the longer gap? I, th-
3: I think between Rock Band 4 and now.
0: Yeah, I'd say now. Um, what year is
4: it? I'm
0: trying
4: to remember
1: when Rock Band 1 came out. I'm going to go with Rock Band 1 to Rock Band 4. It's Rock Band 4 to now. Okay. Uh, Rock Band 4 came out eight years ago. Rock Band 1 was only seven years old when that, when that came out. So Rock oh, Band was though. 2007. Yeah, Rock Band 4 was 2014. It's
5: yeah. so funny this has come up. I have... A, a strong urge to play Guitar Hero again. Like I was looking up used copies of Guitar Hero oh, gosh. too.
0: My sister and I were just talking about that yesterday because on our five-hour car drive back from Sequoia, Friends Ferdinand came on, take me <laughs> out, and we were both just like thinking the the colors, the buttons.
4: Wind Waker and Wind Waker HD. Well, Wind Waker came out in two thousand one. And Wind Waker HD came out in 2013, so that would be a 12-year gap, which would— sorry, Wind Waker came out in—wow, uh, I'm wrong. Uh, Wind Waker <laughs> came out in 2003, sorry. So that would be a 10-year gap and then 9-year gap from Wind Waker to now?
2: Yep. Sorry, I said 2001. Whatever he said. I said said 2001, I got the GameCube GameCube launch confused with
4: Wind Waker's release date for a brief moment. I was like,
1: no, that's not right. Start over. Ten years versus nine years. Far Cry 4 versus Far Cry. Far Cry 4 was
5: 2015. So that's... Seven. Seven years. I think Far Cry 1 was like 2004. So I'm going to say between Far Cry 1 and Far Cry 4. Yeah, I agree. A longer period of time. That seems
2: right.
1: Yeah, that's, that's pretty close. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Far Cry 4 was 2014. Um, Far okay. Cry was 2004. So 10 years versus 8 years.
0: Well, give us your badge and gun, Ben. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, buddy.
1: <laughs> uh, Portal 2 oh, dear. and Metroid Prime.
5: Well, Metro, no, Pri- well,
1: Metro Prime 2002.
4: So if anyone knows when Portal 2 came out. <laughs> Portal 2 was, I
5: was 2008. That, I that was say. what I was going to guess, too.
4: So then so it's then been it would longer be... between Portal 2 and now? Or
5: it was either 2008 or like 2010. Like It's around that time.
4: As long as it's more than...
5: Yeah, so I think it's between Portal 2 and now. Yeah, I think so, too.
1: It is between Portal Two and Out. Yeah. Portal Two was 2011. Okay. Metro Prime was 2002. Yeah. It's 2011
3: was a hell of a year.
1: And I also think that was the t- right at the time when the PSN went down. Because I. Oh. I'd, I'd, oh yeah. For like a month.
4: <laughs> oh, those days. For a long time. <laughs> so
5: simple. Man, Gabe Newell being like, uh, ps 3s not that shitty. I was wrong. Here's Portal." <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, Half Life Two, Episode Two, and Doom, the original Doom.
3: <laughs> oh, wow, the boring.
5: original Doom oh, was ninety three.
0: Yeah, it's been an eternity. Uh, <laughs> Half-Life since Half two, Life Two,
5: Episode Two. Half Life Two was two thousand four. I think Episode One was maybe two thousand six, and then Episode Two was two thousand seven. So it's between ni- it's fourteen years, nineteen ninety three to two thousand seven. So I'm yeah. I think it's gonna be. I think it's Half Life Two, Episode Two, and now.
1: Yeah. Wow. Got those dates? Nailed them. (laughs) Nice work. (laughs) The Xbox Connect and the N64
4: expansion pack. Expansion Pack's Summer '97 with Star Fox
5: '64.
4: Oh no! Expansion pack. Expansion Expansion pack. pack pack. uh, Sorry, expansion pack was with the yeah. uh, Majora's Mask. Was it Donkey Kong or Majora's Mask was first?
5: I Yeah, I was they both they used the expansion pass. I don't know if Donkey Kong was, was before two th- Majora's or, Mask. Or,
4: or, t- 2000 and also Perfect Dark. So and also Perfect Dark. 2000 was expansion pack, sorry. What was I Connect, don't think so?
5: Perfect Dark came with the expansion pass, no. though, did it? No
4: only Donkey Kong did and then other games either the well, funny well, too long didn't to read but like Donkey Kong required it apparently because there was like it was faster easier to do that than to patch the game or something or because they couldn't patch the game like a the, ram leak or something was like some, that. something like yeah. that was to make, make the release date need to come out anyway uh, Connect was 2013? Uh, what
5: 2013 no. no I think it was like 2011 2012 I, I remember
4: Connectimals
3: was. Like, I remember uh, being in the audience for for the the yeah, the presentation of Connect and like it was one of my first E3s. I think my first E3 it was,
4: was
5: twenty eleven. I think it's. I think the Connect was either twenty eleven or twenty ten. I think t- twenty eleven sounds right. to It me.
4: has to be close enough to Wii that they were accusing them of like them yeah, I and like when Sony didn't move to like they're, oh they're just getting on the casual train. So it kind of been too far after two thousand six. Like two thousand eleven seems like maybe the it, furthest it could have been. Like but twenty ten sounds more right. Right.
5: I feel. I swear it's like. Well, yeah, I think it's. Well, I think it was 2010. Oh fuck, I don't know. I think okay. it's like right around <laughs> it's there. It's either
4: 2010 or t- okay. I know for sure it's either 2010 or 2012. I oh, know, no.
5: Bail us out, blood. <laughs> okay,
4: okay, hold on, on, I got this, I got this, I got okay. this, I got
5: this. So, but like expansion pack, Parag- yeah, expansion really pack was like 2000-ish. Yeah, so that's like
4: around 10, anywhere from like nine to like 11 years. And even if it came out in 2011, so, that would be 11
5: years, so... I think this is, there's, there's like a one-year nope. difference maybe yeah, between these two we're, time we're frames. we're getting
4: really close here, unless it was 99 for the expansion pack. I'm going to so. say
5: between... I'm going to say relatively old, but I, I, I think there's like a one-year gap.
1: Okay, so it says they're the same. Okay. Twelve years uh, and twelve years. They say expansion pack was ninety eight and connect was twenty ten.
5: Ninety eight does not sound right. Ninety eight does not
1: sound right for the expansion. That pack that does not either. sound right yeah. at all. So like we, I, we need a fact check on that. We
3: deliberated that I'm like looking. it was a question on who's who wants to be a millionaire. Because
5: ninety eight was It says
0: ninety eight on Fandom.
1: Did it but, come out? But was that the was that, Japanese release? Was that the Japanese release? Because like yeah. when was the, when was the Donkey Kong? Donkey, Donkey Kong sixty four would have been the first game. Donkey Kong sixty
5: four was not nineteen ninety eight. The, yeah,
1: it, it was not.
4: not. I mean, oh, uh, yeah, like Ocarina of Time didn't require it. Yeah, right. and that Uh-oh. was the end of '98. That was the end of '98. Yeah.
0: Donkey ha- Kong 64 ha- was '99. Yeah, I was gonna
1: say yeah. end of '99. I think '99 like, was the year. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, Unless uh,
5: there was like, yeah, I '98 does so not sound right.
4: Was Connect? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So my
1: gut was right. I should have gone with 2010. Duke Nukem Forever. Uh, Duke Nukem Forever is 2012, and the announcement of Duke Nukem Forever.
5: <laughs> I think the announcement for Duke Nukem Forever oh, was 98, good. if memory serves. That's amazing.
4: Oh, that's very good.
5: So yeah. 98 to 2012. Is longer. Is 14. Yeah, so I think it's. I think the announcement between Duke Nukem Forever and the actual release is longer than Duke Nukem Forever now.
1: You're right. Uh, wow. Other than you're like a year off. The announcement was 97, and and the release was 2011. Okay. Yeah. So was,
0: all right. Pretty good though.
1: This is a pull. I don't know why why these two came together. Okay. Braid, and Super Mario RPG. Oh, Super
5: Mario. Uh, yeah, okay. Braid was 2008. And yeah. Super Mario RPG
4: was uh, 96 before N64.
5: Okay. So 96. So that's twenty. 20- That's 26 years, right? And then 2008. So it's... No, wait. Hold on. I'm confusing myself. What
4: year do you think the uh, first one? Braid came out in 2008. Yeah. Yeah. It was the late 2000s. Yeah. So that would be like potentially 12 years versus Braid to now. Braid to now is longer.
1: Yep. Yeah. Braid, 14 years. Yeah. Uh, my RPG is 12 years. Yeah.
5: Wait, when did... Brave Steel was 2008, wasn't it? Yep. Okay. Yeah. okay.
4: yeah, you're right. It was just 12 the years, years right. yep.
1: 14.
5: When did The Witness come out? 2013? No, I think 20... Witness was like 2015. <laughs> 2015 or 16? 2016,
0: yeah. Yeah, 2016. January 2016.
1: It was a long time coming. Yeah. Uh, the Switch and the 3DS. <laughs> okay, 2017 versus 2011. 2011.
5: Yeah, so it's 6... And five, so it's longer between the 3DS and the Switch.
1: Yeah. Yep. And then finally, because Ben is here. Oh, boy, Street Fighter. The first episode of Frame oh. Trap and the first episode <laughs> of Invisible Walls.
5: Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know when the first episode of Invisible Walls was. It was I mean, like. Obviously, the first episode of Frame Trap was 2016. Very shortly
4: after I was hired in 2008, or before I was hired in 2008.
1: So, so Invisible it Walls was longer, 2008.
5: Older. Yeah, so it would be longer between. Well, no, wait. Yeah, it be longer between invisible walls and frame trap than frame trap and now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's only been seven. Two thousand eight versus two thousand sixteen.
3: Nice. Man, I was feeling yeah. good about myself for remembering remembering all those Ben stories and then now just Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all my all my confidence in my memory is shot.
0: <laughs>
2: we did
3: pretty
0: good in that one. Yeah. Impressive, yeah.
1: It's time for bets. This week's bet. Uh, there's not really a lot of games coming out next week, so but this weekend Anime Expo Bandai Namco is going to have a summer showcase Friday, July 1st at 8.30pm Pacific Time featuring at least these are the ones that are on the cover image Digimon Survive One Piece Odyssey and JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle R which game will have the longest trailer and how long will it be and for clarity Mitch is playing for the Sea Lions today Mitch
3: Uh, I said One Piece at 2.45.
4: Ganyany. I said Digimon at 1 minute
5: 25 seconds. are going to be some short trailers. (laughs) (laughs) Ben. I said One Piece, 5 minutes 40 seconds. 5.40.
1: Isla.
0: I said One Piece as well, 4 minutes 12 seconds.
1: Ooh, we're getting tight. Because I... Also went one piece. Four twenty seven.
2: Oh, no!
1: <laughs> so that's that's gonna be fun. That'll be fun to go back and see what happened.
5: Jojo gets like a two second.
1: Trip.
3: It's it's <laughs> right. honestly it's probably gonna be a single character. They're gonna show yeah. three special moves and then. Oh,
1: nobody voted for Jojo, so that will be really funny if yeah. we <laughs> do not get any points be right. so good. across the board next week. Last week's bet. Uh, we finally got Cuphead the Delicious Last Course uh, this week Uh, we went to the beginning of the game we're going to go to the first boss there isn't really a first you're in a hub and then you can go south or you can go north so we flipped a coin uh, and then we let go of the controller to see how long our character would last before they died last week Brad bet they would last 15 seconds Damiani bet 13 seconds Isla bet 12 seconds, and I bet 37 seconds. Mitch, do you have a guess on this? 10 seconds. 10 seconds. Ben, any guess?
5: 10 is a good guess. I'm going to say 15 seconds.
1: It ended up being 20.5 seconds. Which
3: boss was it?
1: This was the uh, the the anthill uh, boss. Okay, I thought boss. I
3: thought you would go with the the
1: gnome boss. Yeah, well we we had to yeah, we had to pick. Yeah. So we went we ended up going to the south boss. Gnome uh, s- boss would've been about 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, there's just points where like nothing was going at the character. Um, but yeah, so Brad won that bet, which means that Ben will get all the rights and responsibilities uh, which is Perfect because he would have gotten them anyways. That would have just taken them away from the winner. Uh, bringing the scores to Massive Chubbs, split. And Malodorous you didn't Sea Lion. Oh, 12.
0: I was like, you just did the noise. have <laughs> 12
2: <laughs> points.
1: We have 12 points. <laughs> okay. Uh, and uh, Malodorous Sea Lions, 11.
2: Arr, 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 arr.
1: I'm getting loopy. Uh, Let me tell you about Patreon.com slash Easy Allies. Patreon is how we exist. Uh, We are supported by our viewers and listeners and fans. Uh, So thank you to everyone uh, who has supported us over the years. Uh, You can go over there and uh, check out uh, some different exclusives and benefits that we have. Uh, But we need your support uh, to keep this thing running. Uh, So thank you, everyone, there. Uh, For a dollar, you get this podcast uh, ad-free. Uh, and with two bonus love and respect questions. And for $5, uh, you get uh, early access, uh, you get some exclusive shows, and you get to submit to uh, uh, Love and Respect and Let's Play a Game. And uh, some of our highest patrons uh, get shout outs every week. And this month's shout outs are JabbaWabs, Thanis, Greg, The Dark Knight Kettering, Caleb, Togi Crawford, Nick, and Anacroth. Shout out! Shout out! Shout out! No, don't do it <laughs> I, But yeah, shout out! Shout, shout out. out! Shout
2: out!
1: Shout out! out. <laughs> Sorry,
3: I thought that was only a frame trap thing.
0: Nope.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Slightly
5: different <laughs> frame <of slang> trap. <laughs> <laughs> Flap blah, blah.
1: All right. Well, the bad the bad moment has come. The end of the podcast has come. It's time to wish farewell to Ben. Uh, yeah. Ben. Yeah. Uh, it's been amazing having you around. As it, it, you kind of got a preview because it's like when you're talking about writing and like just that that rapport we have as you know mm-hmm. writers and wanting to do our best and put out you know the best things out there. And then you've you know been such a thoughtful writer. You've challenged I think everybody on this team uh, to think uh, differently about how they talk about games and write about games and really get to. The core of why something is good or bad, and get to those details and those examples, uh, and to really just go beyond uh, listing bullet points and oh, good graphics, bad combat, bad frame rate, whatever. It's like no, you like you really like get into a different, uh, more analytical space. Uh, and in yeah, you you've been just such an amazing host. Um, you, you've really pulled those kinds of things out of us anytime that we've talked about games, whether it be on Frame Trap or an individual preview or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, you were you were definitely going to be missed. Uh, and hey. then, yeah, anyone uh, else? I was just to gonna in? say,
3: uh, you know, to to take it outside of the the EZA you know circle. Like, I think you've really made an impact on this industry um, with your, the quality of your reviews. I think you're an inspiration to to people who want to do this um, because of the fact that you are so detail oriented. You are such a good writer, um, such a good personality, and like just a fun person to be around. Um, like like I said, you like talking to you about video games the first time we met. You know, I've never had that experience of talking to, to someone so deeply uh, about video games, and it's it's such a rare you know a rare quality in the amount that you have it. Um, and you know, I think you should be, you know, if this is your, your exit from the the game industry, um, I think you should be proud of, uh, what you've accomplished and the, uh, the trail that you've blazed.
5: Wow. Thank you.
4: I don't think I've ever seen someone as passionate about video games. I've seen a lot of passionate people about video games as you've been. And, You're just pure joy, and the pleasure you got from like every new game that you would see, and it it was like, I, it's hard to put into words because like I never saw someone who just like just wanted to play everything. When you know so many people that love games, want to play everything, but you like literally would try and play everything, and like, and you somehow almost always managed to pull it off. Um, and it was just like insane how you just wanted more because I felt like any normal human being. Would have like long ago been like, okay, I've played enough games, but man, like that's something special to have that you were able to just keep up that passion for so long. Um, It's very unique and rare. And it was really a privilege to see that in action because in an industry where I feel like a lot of people, after they've been in it for too long, just get like way too jaded or feel like they've like kind of checked out, it really, you were like kind of like the antithesis of that for as long as you were in there. And it was, it was nice to see that, and I think whatever you do next, um, it sounds like you have a lot of other passions, and it sounds like you have like a new thing you want to explore, and I'm pretty excited to see, because I feel like, while this potentially could be the last we hear of you in gaming stuff, I feel like it's not the last we're going to hear of Ben Moore, mm. uh, for, for sure, or whenever it comes out, whether that's you writing for another show like a TV show a book or whatever man like writing a, maybe it's a writing a game I like I'm not gonna be mm. shocked at that because I think you have you've talked to us that's what you've discovered and it's really exciting to see where you go
5: next thank you and um, upon reflection I feel like I went too hard on the Final Fantasy guy <laughs> it was not against you personally I'm sure you're wonderful it just was a it just made me passionate. It was just a passionate response, but nothing nothing personal there. Um, but no, I want to say uh, I will probably never work with a pool of people that are this talented, truly talented, and... Excitable ever again, you know. Like I keep, I think like the perfect example of what I'm trying to articulate is during the group stream where we went an hour over, and those three hours were just full of excitement and passion and love from everyone there, and that's what Easy Allies is, and that's definitely what I'm going to miss um, because, well, I definitely have a huge love and passion for video games. It would be nothing if I didn't have these people to bounce off of. right? And I think every ally brings something different to the table and that's what makes Easy Allies special is that there is this shared burning fire, right? But there's different things that are being put into that fire. Different kindling, right? Um, and, it, and it turns into this this super bizarre irreplaceable thing. And so... I, I'm amazed that I got to do this job A at all, but B, I think, way beyond that, way beyond the games. The games are cool, but it's the fact that I got to work with these people. You know I'll never, ever, ever um, have anything but like the utmost respect and, and love for all of you, because the fact that like, we were able to survive a failing company uh, and be stronger than ever, I think, really speaks volumes.
1: And Ben, do you want to uh, promote any videos? Uh, and you also get the, if that was not your final word, <laughs> you could I say something this? else, uh, and then you can sign off.
5: <laughs> I had an idea. I worry that this will be taken the wrong way. Can I promote a non-easy allies thing?
1: <laughs> sure.
5: Okay. I, just because I think we're in a, an emotional moment. There's a Tony Hawk documentary on HBO Max. That's really 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 good and like will make you tear up and is is really everything that we're talking about right here, passion and and finding that life and making it work and the people that you meet. I think it has all of that stuff. So I'm that's what I would like to promote. I'm sorry. What's it called? I've seen it. I don't remember the name. Like I just Bird know Man. it is I yeah, I, I just know it is the Tony Hawk documentary. It does have a title. I, I am Keep do going. not remember the title. I,
0: Until the wheels fall off? That's
2: it. There it is. That sounds oh, right. Oh, that sounds right. Nice.
0: Yes. Yep. Yeah. I didn't get to do it. It feels weird to oh, do one after. do it after, <laughs> after, do it.
1: after the Tony Hawk documentary shout <laughs> out. I <laughs> <You haven't laughs> find off you.
2: But
0: Ben, it's uh, I I've said this before, and I'll just be brief. But like I honestly think, like those guys said, like one of the best in the biz at writing and talking about games, and and all I was just think about Tom Waits and dust storms <laughs> and X Files <laughs> and beers, man. It was yeah. so much fun. Oh, that
5: was a blast. Um,
0: anyway, I know whatever you do next, you're gonna crush it. So, whether it's yeah, writing a novel or being a dad or whatever, you're gonna be great. So. Have fun while you're doing it.
5: Thank you so much.
0: Anyway, it feels hard to follow because what you said was so good. And Tony Hawk. I mean, you can't follow Tony Hawk.
5: Hawk. Uh, But yeah, I think rather than end with my usual trademark, I just love and respect.
1: So... To start off, the bet was to go to the first boss and let go of the controller. You can actually get to two bosses at the same time. So you gotta flip uh, for uh, north or south. So I guess the easy ally side will be the n- north, and then the werehog side will be the south. <laughs> werehog, south.
0: Okay. All right. Did you start the timer? Oh, no, that's no, when you start that's when get starts, in the battle, yeah. Okay.
1: All right, and then regular.
0: So now you're just letting go.
1: Okay. There's probably like three seconds of extra there. So yeah, so 23.56, we'll take off the three. And uh, so that'll be 20.56. Cool. Wait a minute, can I make it through here?